0: 登
1: Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. Today, we continue our swing through the Spider-Man franchise with the second reboot that brought the friendly neighborhood web slinger to the MCU. It's 2017 Spider-Man Homecoming. And we have a guest joining us to talk about irresponsible parental figures, illegal weapons dealers, and John Hughes, his Spider-Man writer and superfan, Preeti Chipper. Welcome!
2: Hi! Yay! <laughs> Yay. I'm excited! <laughs>
1: yes! I'm um, so excited to have you back. Last time you were here, we were talking about Deadpool, um, mm-hmm. uh, a character who is vaguely referenced in this movie. Um, <laughs>
2: really? <laughs> Yeah, i um, when 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 I mean, she's like we'll when, when they're like
1: discussing their crushes and they're like he could be all burnt <laughs> oh, up under there and oh, I'm like oh that's right. yeah
3: that's a
2: right
3: Deadpool reference yeah
2: that's a subtle a quiet one yeah a very
3: quiet one for sure <laughs> there's another uh, quiet I don't know a joke that I caught I don't know if this was intentional but uh, Betty when they're talking about you know like oh Peter you know uh, uh the some so and so has a crush on Spider Man uh Liz Liz has a crush on Spider Man. Yeah. And Betty's like, Ew, he could be 30 under there. And I'm like, yeah, because yeah, right. <laughs> he usually is
2: that's a little a little more pointed. <laughs>
1: uh, he could be 30 years old and acting like he graduated high school. Um,
0: <laughs> he just weird, graduated high school. Weird yeah.
3: man child trying to like awkwardly fit in like one of those high school desks. Yep. <laughs> Aww. Yeah.
1: Um so so uh uh we finally reached in this in this mini series um you know we've been doing a lot of retreading of of earlier material or earlier recorded material. Um our our Raimi trilogy featured a lot of uh best of clips of Spider-Man minute um and our amazing uh Spider-Man episodes were a retread of of stuff that Nick and I did on our Patreon. Um this is our first sort of like brand new brand spanking new franchiseography oh. episode um of this of this mini series so I'm really excited to to dig into this um so so pretty look we've gone into this in Spider-Man minute but not everybody listening to this heard that necessarily um <laughs> this is a big question but what's your background uh with Spider-Man <laughs> as a character
2: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, where do we start? Um, I think, like, obviously, Spider-Man's always been a favorite character. <laughs> Scott is holding up what I should start with, which is my book, Spider-Man's Social Dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> Good book. Which is like a an upper middle grade YA novel that came out last year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Last year. It's the first book in a trilogy. And it's like, I mean it's perfect for this episode cuz it's Peter Parker back in high school like current era and it's it's a little bit of an adventure and so yeah I love I love Spider-Man and when they were like you want to write a Spider-Man book I was like what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: what was what was your introduction to Spider-Man like when you were a kid? What do you remember what like the first thing with Spider-Man was that you saw?
2: I have an older brother so who is you know, kind of my avenue into a lot of comic stuff. So I was so little, I don't even remember. Mm -hmm. There's like a picture of me when I'm like two and a half and I'm holding a Spider-Man figurine with like a crocheted blanket as his web (laughs) and like (laughs) no recollection, obviously. So he's like one of those characters that's been omnipresent, I think, just constantly my whole life. And I think he's one that a lot of like awkward kids probably navigated to sure. when you were little yeah. as being the person who isn't great at life, but still wants to be a hero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I grew up with like a little bit of the comics cause we didn't have a local comic book store in my town growing up, but mostly the like cartoons and the, you know, I very much remember when the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie came out. So It was just sort of this character who I loved because I identified with them, but it was like wherever I could access it, I was.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how did you feel about the two earlier Spider-Mans?
2: I think that, that first Spider-Man, Toby, that first Raimi movie was what we all wanted. Mm-hmm. Like, it was what I think Spider-Man fans had been waiting for for a very long time, given all of the, like, back and forth and rights issues. And we're like, were we ever going to get a Spider-Man movie? Like, who even knows? Mm-hmm. And then it came out and it was wonderful. You know, a couple of years ago, I wrote up a thing for Sci-Fi that was, like, putting all the Spider-Mans next to each other, like Tom, Andrew, and Toby and seeing sort of how the films work, the first films work next to each other. And there are great beats for all of them. Mm -hmm. Like, Andrew's an amazing Spider-Man, like, literally, (laughs) both, like, title-wise and literally. Uh, He nails it when it comes to that, like, joyful, like, exciting, funny Peter Parker in the mask. Toby has the great, like, sort of hangdog Peter Parker (laughs) aspect to him, and he's, like, so fun, but he's a little bit more serious as Spider-Man. And so you have these, like, wonderful beats and then i think tom just like pulls all of it together Mm -hmm. so like i love those earlier two actors as spider-man though i have issues with the amazing spider-man franchise of course as well as like spider-man 3 which we've talked about before i think um so yeah i i have positives about all of them
1: yeah I genuinely believe that Andrew Garfield would still be Spider-Man if they hadn't started his movies in high school with another origin story. Like if they had started him as like 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 uh like PS4 Spider-Man like mm-hmm. 24 yes. out on his own doing yes. his thing, already been Spider-Man for a while. I feel like everyone would like he would be like the tippy top Spider-Man t- to and this day.
2: I I, I... I don't disagree with you, but I have a, I struggle with it because so much of that first movie was leaning into like what was cool at the time for mm-hmm. teenagers, which was like sort of that emo edgy like Coldplay. I remember watching that movie, and I think we didn't we like live chat through one of the movies, Scott, you and I. Oh yeah, like, back in the panels right? days.
1: I think that's back right. in the panels
2: days. Yeah. And there is this angst to him, which like obviously Peter has angst, but the whole thing is that he's not defined by his mm-hmm. angst. And I think Peter Parker, as played by Andrew Garfield, due to the writing of it, was sort of defined by his angst when he was out of the suit.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, like, I don't – I love the idea of it because I think Andrew's so good in the suit. But, like, I don't, I don't know if I could picture what that movie looks like beyond just Spider-Man PS4. Sure. So <laughs> sure. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Um, so, as this when, – when, when the announcement came through that they mm-hmm. were making – a Marvel Studios-produced Spider-Man movie. He was going to get introduced in Civil War and then get his own movie. What what were everybody's thoughts on this? Because, like, we'll start with you, Preeti, but, like, what were your thoughts? Like, were you excited?
2: (laughs) I was... I will never forget. I was in India. (laughs) Like, I was on a family vacation in India, and it was, like... I think the news broke, and it was, like, super late at night there, and, like, someone texted me and I was like this is the best day of my life (laughs) I've been waiting for this for so long because again it was one of those things like are they ever going to reach a deal like Mm -hmm. would they ever figure out a way to work together these two massive studios in which one has like deliberately been making spider-man movies to retain rights yeah so it was one of those things that was like unbelievable and then to get to see I think so many of us wanted to see spider-man with these marvel heroes that we had grown to love in the mcu so it was just like excitement for me
1: Mm -hmm. nick do you remember when the when the announcement came down
3: just just like a year and a half or something after
0: amazing spider-man 2
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know i mean i was in college at the time and 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 scott and i we talked briefly about this in our amazing 2 episode but like morale for spidey fans was at an all-time low um And like, you know, it was like, oh gosh, like, are we, we seemed exhausted and tired with Spider-Man and that didn't feel right. Like he's, Mm -hmm. he's the coolest superhero ever. And like, I, I I loved so much of those amazing movies like we talked about, but, and then at this point, this was like post-Guardians, post-Winter Soldier, post-Avengers and whatever your individual, you know, people are going to have different opinions of each individual MCU movie. There's like 30 of them, but By and large, I think we had all been very impressed and surprised by how much they had just completely aced adapting characters like Thor and and Captain America and the Hulk. And so a, a, as exhausted as we were like, you know, there, were the, there was a, a cynical side to it of like, oh, here we go again. They're going to cast another, you know, little yeah. little little white dude to be Peter Parker and, you know. <laughs> How many times are we going to do this? But also, there was this like, oh, but if there's anybody, if there's any collective group that could capture what Andrew and Toby's movies were lacking, it this was the shot. So I, I, I remember being more excited than tired.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel kind of similarly. Um, I, I remember thinking, I remember being very trepidatious about his inclusion in Civil War because I was like, that feels. It feels way too early to have – like, we haven't even seen Spider-Man in the MCU, and you're already going to put him into Civil War. Um, And I have a lot of issues with his plot line in Civil War as a result, (laughs) which we'll get to um, in a little while. Um, There's literally no reason for him to be there. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) um, but, uh, but it was still fun. Like, I remember sitting in the theater, and you could – when you're watching Civil War – That opening weekend and you're sitting with a bunch of fans and I'm just sitting in that theater and I could just feel everyone around me was like had that energy of like when Spider-Man going to show up, (laughs) you know, like if that was the energy for the whole like hour and 45 minutes until he finally does. Right. And you get Queens on screen and I just remember my audience losing their minds. Um because it just felt like, oh my God, it's finally happening, the thing that we all wanted, which was like Marvel Studios is bringing us Spider-Man. Um and yeah, the scene was really good. And and uh you know the air the airport scene, also all the Spider-Man stuff, very, very good. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of trolling, a lot of uh earnest moments like with between him and Captain America, um and a lot of stuff of leaning into him being a kid. Because like one of the things that that was uh was a problem um with the amazing Spider-Man movies was that they were like, Yeah, we're gonna go back to him being in high school because we didn't spend enough time in high school. And then what would happen is like the creative producers, that was their plan, and then the executives at Sony would be like but if you said it in high school, no one older than high school is going to give a shit about this movie. So stay out of high school as much as possible. Um, and so then they were just in the same. They just walked right <laughs> into the same problem they had with the Toby Maguire movies again, um, where they have to pretend that this high school kid isn't actually in high school. Um, and, yeah, I mean, uh, and we can
3: look at yeah. yeah, adults famously not into shows centered on teenagers at all.
2: Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> comic fans famously uh, <laughs> not going to go see their super like favorite superhero in the movies. The
3: problem with
1: boomers <laughs> is that they think they know everything and they don't. What? <laughs> but they I like mean, they love telling everybody how much they know. They're wise sages. I mean, Scott,
3: you're kind yeah. of describing aspects of this movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so so uh, okay, so so Civil War comes out, it's amazing. This movie comes out Um, and I, I honestly, I was just so, I was excited about this. I didn't really know what to expect going into it, you know, um, in terms of like tone and everything, like the trailers had been really fun. Um, but the thing that I look, ultimate Spider-Man is thrown around a lot, right? Ever since like literally the Raimi trilogy, you would see like Tobey Maguire reading, Issues of Ultimate Spider-Man <laughs> on set, and then Andrew Garfield and and uh, uh, Mark Webb constantly talking about Ultimate Spider-Man as a as a uh, inspiration for the Amazing Spider-Man series. Neither of those really felt anything like Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, mm-hmm. Here they do it again, but this time it actually does feel like U- Ultimate Spider-Man, and it has the added wrinkle, which this series just never gets talked about as much as it should. In fact, I think it's like permanently out of print, it seems like, at Marvel. Really? But Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane. Like, you can't get copies. It's, I know! It's so, it's like my favorite Spider-Man story, and you can't. It's
0: so cute! I know,
1: you can't get copies of it anymore um, for whatever reason, and uh, and this feels like the perfect amalgamation of
0: Spider-Man mm-hmm. Loves
1: Mary Jane and Ultimate Spider-Man. It's like the all the best parts of that stuff, you know, plus MCU. Um, I
3: own an omnibus, but I don't remember... I bought mine like in 2021 when we were still living together, Scott. And yeah. I, I I can't remember if it if it if that was like if it's out of print now or did I pay like extra just to get like an out of print copy? I honestly don't remember. I don't but I I, I feel do like own a you bought copy. it from a comic shop,
1: which I think is the only way. Mm, okay. you would have been able to get a copy of it at this point. Um, yeah. Last last I checked, it was like super out of print and had been for a while. And hard covers were going for like two hundred dollars. One of those deals. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I was just blown away by this, um, the first time I saw it, just because I was like, wow, I, that, it's such a huge tonal shift from anything we've ever had with Spider-Man, um, and there's one aspect of it that I want to talk about, and I know that, I think, I think, Preeti, I think you have, like, like, a direct... Issue like like you have a direct story with this, which is the fact that like spider man doesn 't tell jokes, everyone around him tells oh, jokes yeah. <laughs> yeah. everyone around him tells jokes, and he reacts to the jokes, but he doesn 't himself tell any jokes, um, which feels like <laughs> a crazy thing that i 've never heard of with spider man but they seem very adamant that this is the case.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's so I wrote a tie-in to Spider-Man Far From Home. Right. Um for Disney, which is just like a little like add-on to the movie. It, it was really fun called Peter and Ned's Ultimate Travel Journal, mm-hmm. which is it's literally Peter, Ned and MJ like talking to each other in in through like notes and illustrations and all these things. And I had something in and granted, I wrote it before I saw the movie. I like wrote it when they let me read a version of the script in like probably like eight months before the movie came out, it was not the final version. I didn't know anything. They said they gave me like a fake version, but <laughs> so I wrote it based on that. And I had this thing and it called Peter's bad jokes where Peter would tell a bad joke and it'd be like hash- hashtag like PBJ. And the note I got back from the studio on it was like, Peter doesn't do this. Like Peter. And I was like, oh, you're you're right, actually. That's my Peter Parker. It's like the Peter Parker I I like, but this isn't MCU Peter Parker. Yeah. I mean, despite Homecoming is such a funny movie, it's like laugh out loud funny. And there are points where Spider-Man is funny. Mm-hmm. Like he has like little one-liners here and there, but they're not, it's not like Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like in your face humor. It's like the scene, like the scene when he discovers those robbers with the Avengers masks mm-hmm. on is hilarious. He like comes in and he sort of is like, okay, what's the best way that I should approach this? How should I pose? What's my opening line? Which feels very Spider-Man to me, but they, I had to like rewrite pieces of this manuscript. Cause I was like, oh, this isn't that Peter Parker.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's a, it's a, it's different, which is like fine. Cause it still works, I think,
0: but,
2: yeah. but it is a, like feels like an integral piece of Spider-Man. Yeah. That isn't there. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. It is. It is an interesting thing, and, and it's weird that like you don't miss it until you notice it, and then mm-hmm. once you notice it, you can't unnotice it. But like when you're watching it, you're like, "Yeah, this is great. That's Spider Man," and, it, and
2: it's just so funny. Do you, do you think it's like a, 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 almost like a learning moment because there is in the comics, obviously. The, bi- the bad guy reaction when, is always like, oh, they told me about you. They told me not to get distracted by your mouth mm-hmm. because he uses it in fights as a distraction. So perhaps this is a Spider-Man on his way to learning that tactic yeah. and just hasn't learned it yet.
3: Yeah, maybe cool. like maybe like post No Way Home, he maybe picked up some of that Weisenheimer energy from yeah. Peter 3 and... Mm-hmm. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> I, I miss that. And, you know, and, and it's all over uh, a spiderific adventure, which is like, oh, you're so annoying. Shut up. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, and, um, it, yeah.
3: Yeah. And it's weird because uh, that reminds me of Uncharted, where I think Tom mm. Holland, like, he's such a naturally earnest performer. Like that dude just doesn't have an ingenuine bone on his body when he's in front of a camera and like i think nathan drake is a little bit more of a smart ass and mm-hmm. i don't know if it fits him like a glove the way that this like you know everyone's dorky nephew that you just want to protect that this this <laughs> peter is yeah
2: yeah
1: but but i think that there's a world where he he y- uses bad jokes like you could you could imagine yeah. this like super earnest peter parker that it, that you know that tom holland portrays telling lots of bad jokes um, that mm-hmm. are not funny, but are funny because, like, it makes them mad or whatever. It makes the, the yeah. villains mad. Um, <laughs> you could see that maybe, but not like, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the fine line, right, between Spider-Man and Deadpool. Um, and mm-hmm. it, it is a fine line. And it's easy, I think, to go too far into Deadpooly y territory um, to a point where you're almost like, well, what's the difference between these two characters? <laughs> um, <laughs>
3: but depending on who's writing it. Um, I I like it even in a, in a comic where even the citizens of New York are a little bit like oh, come on dude like really like yes <laughs> yeah. it's
2: it's great that's the point right is that he is there's this piece of him that everyone finds so irritating. <laughs> Like, it's when in the issue when he finally gets control back of his body, I've never been so angry at Captain America. But like, Peter, it's after um, Doc Ock has had control and it's the end of Superior Spider-Man, back to Amazing. And he goes to cap and there's this I can't remember cuz it's been so long but it's something like they're like oh we knew there was something off about you but you were so like quiet and like normal that no one wanted to mess with it <laughs> essentially and i was like that's so messed up yeah <laughs> like the like pulling that stuff into the movies i think will be so great because obviously we all love spider-man but we know there is a history of a fellow heroes being like you are the most annoying person i have ever met in my life
1: <laughs> yeah oh man
2: um nick, nick what
1: were your what was your reaction to seeing spider-man homecoming the first time
3: oh gosh I, I i remember this trip to the movies very fondly i i got to go see it with uh all the guys in my family my my dad who was like that was like a big deal he's seen like maybe three mcu movies um <laughs> and my brother and then my two nephews um neither, and it, it, i had this weird watching it this morning uh i realized that my younger nephew is now a sophomore in high school like peter in this movie oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like I, I, if mm. possible I, I i that endeared me to this version of peter even more now in 2017 because it's just like Oh, my my boy, you know, he's just trying to he's just trying to make it work. He's just trying to go to the decathlon and he has a crush on a girl, you know. Um, But my my big memory, though, that I'll never forget is just like and I just saw I didn't see this at midnight. I saw this like on a matinee in Texas on a maybe even a weekday. But I just remember the the collective inhale when Peter opens the door. And oh. the the vulture reveal. Yes. It's it's
0: an all time. So good.
1: Yes, I when when I saw it, my like someone in my audience just went, oh no, <laughs> like just, <laughs> <laughs> like they just couldn't, that's the best. They just couldn't help themselves, you know.
2: It's- It's such a good reveal. It's like so, they lull you. They lull you so good into this like false sense of security of being like, I know what the plot of this movie is. Do you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do have questions about like last names and all of that stuff, but you know, whatever. Um, Why why is her last name Alan and his last name is Tombs? Um, But What are you gonna do? Um, Yeah, no, it was it's a great moment. It's definitely a a very memorable moment. Preethi, do you remember seeing this for the first time?
2: Yeah, and this is gonna sound like I travel all the time, but this is just happenstance. (laughs) I like flew back from Germany the day before, and I was like, "Well, I have to see this movie as soon as I possibly can." So, like, I was like jet lagged and like tired, (laughs) and I was like, "I'm not. I'm making it. I'm gonna do it." And it was again like 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 Nick. It was like a matinee, and I was just like worth it like worth fighting through the tiredness because it was such a joyful experience Mm -hmm. and it was so it was just fun and i feel like that was in 2017 we got this like wonderful slate of like 2017 to 2018 slate of movies with starting with homecoming ragnarok and then black panther Mm -hmm. that all felt so direction focused like so unique like the voices were really unique they had such a strong point of view and that's what this movie felt like it felt like a like having coming from children's literature I was like this is a young adult novel on the screen starring Mm spider-man that's amazing Mm
1: -hmm. yeah also I love the fact that you too were coming home like spider-man yeah homecoming
2: Homecoming for both of us
3: (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: great
2: Uh...
3: Yeah. Like they've um, all they've all been for kids. I mean, you know, especially the the Raimi films, there's even like a certain Christopher Reeve like aspirational mm-hmm. side. But yeah, this one really the sense of humor and just like the levity and the the little details of like Ned and Peter's friendship. It it mm-hmm. it really does feel like a great, like, YA book.
2: It's it's coming of age in the truest sense of the world. Like I think the other Spider Man movies were coming of age of Peter Parker into Spider Man. Mm-hmm. This is Peter Parker as a kid coming of
1: age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which
2: is I think the the slight difference between the two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think too, I mean this this literally this trilogy is Peter's origin stretched yes. out across three films it's so it's very decompressed in in like the most the best uh, ultimate spider-man adaptation they possibly yes. could have <laughs> accidentally walked into um <laughs> by decompressing his his origin into three movies um but uh yeah it's it's uh it, it's great and coming of age i mean that was that was the that was the main thing but i mean i guess we have to we have to start with the sandwich. Um, that Amy Pascal threw at Kevin Feige's head when he dared suggest that she let them produce, let Marvel Studios produce the Spider-Man movies. Um, <laughs> Spy- uh, Kevin Feige had um been consulting on the Amazing Spider-Man films, but mostly in like, hey, read the script, give us notes. We're not going to take many of them, but. We yeah. still want your input. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and, and you could see in the, the leaked emails, um, the notes that he gave on Amazing Spider-Man 2 um, and, and about, you know, it's basically him in the nicest way possible telling them that this movie doesn't work at all. Um, but but uh, she brought him in because she was like, I, I really want you creatively involved in Amazing Spider-Man 3. Here's our plans. Uh, we're going to do the clone saga and uh, Gwen Stacy's going to be a clone and she's <laughs> going to be back and he's going to have to deal with that. And there might be a clone of him. And also uh, the clone of Gwen Stacy is going to become Carnage. And all of these ideas. And, she, and Kevin Feige was like, all right, you want to know the truth? This is the truth. None of this works. <laughs> don't do it.
0: <laughs> um,
1: don't do it. And and, what, and what, what she didn't know is that he and a bunch of executives at Marvel Studios had secretly put together a cabal of people in Santa Monica to figure out how to put Spider-Man into the MCU if this uh, lunch uh, date with Amy Pascal worked the way that he would hope that it would. Um, and, and they came up with the idea of adding him to Civil War— they came up with the idea of, like, a John Hughes um, uh, look at, at the the world of Spider-Man and the characters of Spider-Man. And, yeah, he he basically pitched her, like, hey, look, you guys are going to retain the rights. You know? We don't want the rights. All you're doing is the way that Warner Brothers uh, uh, turned to, to Nolan's production company to produce the Batman movies. That's what you're going to do with us with the Spider-Man movies. We're going to produce it. Be the creative force behind it. You guys can distribute. You know, nothing else needs. You're you're just hiring us to do a job. That's it. That's what this is. Um, and she threw a sandwich at his head. But then uh, a, a day later, she called him up and was like, "I can't stop thinking about this. I think this is the right move. I think you're right. Um, let's let's you know, let's do it." And then over the course of the next like year and a half, they developed his first appearance into. Um, into civil war and, and later homecoming Uh, casting on this movie. um, You know, there was a, there was a few people who were for up for the role. Um, You know, it's interesting. There was that. (laughs) Do you guys remember the, the video that um, uh, was it? Josh Hutcherson put together. That was like, he was like, I'm going to be the next Spider-Man. And he like paid, to put together, like, a video Aww. of him being Spider-Man with, like, a bunch of stunt double, like, stunt people. And, like, he was, like, walking through high school, and he gets attacked, and he does this whole, this whole thing. And then he sent it to Marvel. And, like, he didn't even get an audition. Oh,
2: <laughs> that's a bummer. So
1: heartbreaking. Um, I'm like,
2: shoot your shot, kid. Yeah, Do it up. for sure.
1: <laughs> he, he went for it. Um, and now he's in Five Nights at Freddy's, so he's doing okay. Um,
2: he's fine. He yeah. was Peter
1: Malark. <laughs> That's true. Uh, he yeah. was he was a different Pete. Um <laughs> it, yeah. So what it came down to was um Tom Holland, uh Logan Lerman and Dylan O'Brien. Um and uh they all did screen tests and auditioned like six rounds of auditions, the seventh of which was a screen test with uh Robert, Robert Downey Jr. down in uh Atlanta and they were rewriting the sides all the time, um, constantly, and at a certain point, um, they were, like, trimming back because they I think they were, like, worried about, like, how late in the game they were going to cast (laughs) Spider-Man for Civil War, and so they were, like, scaling back his dialogue, um, and the sides that Tom Holland got for the scene in Civil War where he meets Tony Stark, that was, like, his audition scene with Robert Downey Jr., um, they got the sides, and he had, like, Two, two or three lines of dialogue and that was it. It was all Tony Stark. And Robert Downey Jr. was like, how are you supposed to do a chemistry test when he's not even talking to me? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and so they like sat there and they like together worked out what the scene would be and worked together on, on creating wow. the dialogue in the scene and did the scene. And the thing that Amy Pascal and Kevin Feige both said were like every other screen test that we did everyone was looking at Robert Downey Jr. Everyone was focused on Tony because mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. is just this charisma factory. And so like no one could take their eyes off of Tony enough to like look at the other person in the scene. And it wasn't until Tom played it that no one could keep their eyes off of Tom. And as soon as they realized that Tom could suck the energy out of a scene away from Robert Downey Jr.,
3: that they were like, well, obviously this is the guy. <laughs> Yeah. um that's so interesting yeah. because we'll, we'll talk about this in a couple of weeks with zach but uh that would not be the last time that holland had to do sort of under the hood script work with mm-hmm. this character in these movies and it, it kind of makes him it, it always seemed like he was more of a creative like collaborator than garfield or Maguire ever got the opportunity to do for yeah. circumstances beyond anyone's control but yeah that's
1: yeah. interesting absolutely
3: um so
1: he was he was cast, and on the same day, the director was hired. Um, the director, uh, John Watts, was of a long list of of directors that they were talking to about possibly um, uh, directing this movie. And uh, there was uh, let's see, there were people like uh, let me see if I can find my note. Um, uh, let's see, um, shoot, oh, uh, Jonathan Levine, Ted Melfi. Jason Moore, um, John John Jonathan Levine was the one that got the closest. He's the director of Fifty Fifty. I remember mm. when he was announced as like the front runner as the director of the new Spider Man. I was like,
3: I mean, I guess, like also I, warm.
1: You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah, also warm bodies. Like I like Fifty
3: Fifty. What's that? Uh, also the warm bodies that Nicholas Holt zombie, mm-hmm. right? On warm calm. bodies.
1: I had that happened already at this point, or. Was that this would he... have
2: been... I think so, because this... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he had yeah, done War would've. Bodies.
1: His next movie was the Amy Schumer movie that he directed, um, that he the took... Train... Yeah. No, not train. No, no. Trainwreck was Apatow. Oh, this is it the Goldie was... Hawn Oh, right. Yeah, it was the Goldie Hawn one. Okay. Um, right. <laughs> Snatched. That's what it was. Great. Um, he directed Snatched instead of Spider-Man, um, or I should say, as a result of not getting hired for Spider-Man. And I was like, oof, buddy. I guess (laughs) you just needed a job. Um, But uh, uh, I remember when Levine was like sort of the front runner. And then out of nowhere, um, somebody saw Cop Car, this micro budget movie that John Watts directed um, that went to Sundance and had Kevin Bacon in it and and, uh, a couple of kids. And everyone was really impressed with how he directed um, story through action and what he was able to do on a micro budget and how he directed these kids and got these amazing performances out of them. So they brought him in and his thought was like, oh, cool. Like, I'm never going to get this job, but like, I'm going (laughs) to I'm going to pitch. And, and I'm going oh, like, yeah. to flex my pitching muscles, and this will yeah, be really yeah. great. Um, and so he, he pitched and pitched and pitched and pitched, and he kept coming back and back and back and back. And eventually they gave him the job, and he was hired on the same day that they hired Tom Holland. And so instantly upon being hired, he like went to the Civil War set. He told them what Peter should be wearing, what his apartment should look like and everything. And he was there on set when they filmed that scene with Robert Downey Jr. And watching it, he knew, like, Okay, like I, I can build a movie out of this out of this world. Um, a pair of the other, a uh, uh, two two other um, uh, a, d- a directing duo who were up for it um, was uh, John Francis Daly and, and Jonathan Goldstein, mm. and they didn't end up. Directing the movie, but they did get to write the first draft of the movie and and they got the screen story credit as a result um, and there's something funny that I noticed this time because of of uh, Dungeons and dragon's honor among thieves which they which they directed um the scene where uh, where where uh, vulture has the the thing that he the little the little um laser thing that he like can climb through the through the yeah, into yeah, yeah. the airplane I was like oh that 's just the scene from Dungeons and Dragons with the with the square I thing. I haven't that they,
2: seen d Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it yet.
1: It, well, they, they use the same thing. That's um, awesome. Is that, and it was
3: just, <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess that was in their original draft because that's really
1: funny. <laughs>
2: that's awesome.
3: <laughs> it's, it's a fun movie. I honestly wouldn't be opposed to them directing Spider-Man 4. No, not
1: at all. I think that would be amazing. Um, I, I would love for them to circle back and come I back mean, to,
3: to Spider-Man. Um, Two more white guys but, unfortunately. but you know i mean that... well
1: yeah uh, we' we 'll get a live action miles movie eventually um I fully expect miles to be introduced either in this movie or the next one um live action miles um in any event uh uh they end up taking the first pass on it um and then went left to go do um game night and uh and then as a result uh you know we we had a few more um writer pairs including like uh uh you know um i think there's uh, six uh, credited uh, chris, writers chris mckenna this. and eric summers yeah i think this was like the first thing that chris mckenna worked on um post community uh this was like his first marvel project and i remember being really excited when i heard that he was he was uh gonna be on board because he wrote my favorite joke in all of community um the uh, uh what does a pregnancy test look like uh oh, it 's like a little tube with a thing oh, okay, so this is definitely this a is gun <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's still my favorite joke in all it's of community so good. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh uh yeah, so I was really excited about that, and um you know I think john watts is is a really great director for this, and the thing that he talked about was like. I had made a micro-budget movie before this, and then I went from micro-budget to massive budget. (laughs) Yeah, just crazy. Where, like, every day on set, I was spending more money than the entirety of my budget on Cop Car. Um... (laughs) And, and he was like, he was like, yeah, I was, I was overwhelmed, but also there was this sense of like, I have to prove myself. I've got to, I've got to like, yeah, I know that I'm just like this little director that made this little micro budget movie, but I'm ready. I'm ready to go to, to hit the big game and, and like, you know, really, really like, you know, uh, get the heavyweight championship or whatever. And he was like really ambitious about proving his, his, his worth and he's like, I put all of that energy into the story of this, and that was like what the story was to him was about this like little neighborhood superhero wanting to be an Avenger, and and maybe learning that like that might he might not be ready for that, um, and uh, and yeah, it's all over this movie. When I read that from John Watts, I was like, holy shit, man, you nailed it because that's that was my big <laughs> that's takeaway. This is. Yeah, that was my big <laughs> takeaway watching this this time was just like this is um this is this is like. You know, as an ambitious person myself, like I was watching this and being like, yeah, man, I remember being a kid and being so frustrated that like I wasn't old enough to do the things that I wanted to do and I didn't have access to the things that I wanted to do. Um, And, and that frustration of like not being able to do these things from no fault of your own or at least that's how it feels. Um, when you're this age and, and now even at 38, I still kind of feel like that most of the time, you know? So yeah, it's super relatable. Sony execs. It doesn't matter that he's in high school. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but yeah, the movie came out and it's the second, it was the second highest grossing Spider-Man movie, um, behind Spider-Man three, uh, because you just can't underestimate Venom, no matter how hard you try, um, (laughs) the power of Venom worldwide. Um, But uh, $880 million, um, huge. I
2: do feel like we have to talk a little bit because – so Civil War came out 2016, Mm -hmm. right? And it was this, like, wonderful little glimpse at Peter Parker and Spider-Man. right? And then Homecoming was slated for 2017. The first major press, huge thing that Tom Holland did was that lip sync umbrella. Oh, yeah. And it was the most – I think about it all the time of, like – This is how they introduced, essentially, with how viral it went, with how massive it became, the kid who was going to be Peter Parker, Mm -hmm. which was, like, dressed up as Rihanna dancing to Umbrella. Mm -hmm. And it was such a smart move Mm -hmm. because it immediately recontextualized him. It completely made him a different person. And they were like, this is if they are comfortable with this being the way that he is being presented to the American public as people who are like, who is that? Like what is he gonna do? And then making him a major superhero, I was like, "That's awesome! That's already new, and it's already like, I was like, I love this kid. I don't even know who he is, but I'm so excited to see you in a Spider-Man movie." I
1: also genuinely believe that is the moment that Zendaya fell in love with him.
2: (laughs) I hope so.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it it can't be. I think Preeti's right. Like, it can't. It is sort of this weird, like Rosetta Stone of Tom Holland, the movie star. Um, mm-hmm. like going back to how modern this movie feels, like so so many movie stars in the past, you know, you look at like The Rock or like Vin Diesel or Bruce Willis or whoever, um, like the, like the concept of masculinity mm-hmm. is this was this very like rigid thing of like the idea of a guy wearing like any kind of like lingerie or put women's clothing was seen as like comical or farcical, but like Tom Holland is like sexy. And yes,
2: there's an earnestness to it. Yeah, it's
3: not a joke to him. And nope, it just really felt like, oh, this is like a new kid. This is like the future of Hollywood, potentially. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And readers, he was. (laughs) Uh, So uh, so, yeah, so that's that's uh, the road to to Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, Nick, you want to you want to get us started on the on the walkthrough of this movie?
3: We do. The year is 2012. <laughs> yes. Uh we uh return to the very not for the last time, listeners. We return to New York, uh the Battle of New York as it became known in the MCU. Uh Adrian Tombs played by John Leguizamo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh right. My, Michael Keaton. Uh my bad. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: so that is a reference to the fact that um they wanted Michael Keaton. Talks fell through because of availability on him shooting uh, the Founder, the McDonald's movie, um, and uh, and then the the Founder ended up getting pushed back, so he was available. But during that time, when they were like, "Well, we can't get Michael Keaton. Who else can we get?" They literally hired John Leguizamo, um, who would have been a really great Tombs. I mean, yeah. different, but really cool. Um but very I think. good, and would have been really cool to see Leguizamo like get like a second lease. On his career, the way that Keaton has, um, I think would be would have been really, yeah. really cool.
2: Ooh, I'm thinking of like Tybalt. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right now.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh, I mean, like, he would
2: have been so good.
3: I mean, like, not for nothing, but like, you know, uh, I, I think every line out of Adrian Toomes's mouth in this line from like privilege and like the rich don't care about us coming yeah. from like a Cuban native New Yorker. Yeah. Yep. Like. Yeah, he would he would have bodied this. I mean, this is a great Keaton role, but like, yeah,
1: yeah. yes,
2: yeah, so good. I'm a little salty. Uh,
1: Keaton kills it, but it was that was an aspect of it that I I noticed is like when he's like talking to Spider Man late in the movie, and he's like, they don't understand people like, but like you and me, you know, that who have nothing, and I'm like, dude, you have a fucking house in New York, like but- <laughs> <laughs> you have a house, and you can drive a car around, like relax okay like but you're that's doing the fine. result
2: of the the illegal activities presumably right that oh, is what yeah. we're meant to understand i mean that's like a- that is a result of his like side business but before
3: mm-hmm. that he was working for the city he was doing that okay he was a that contractor been a, a really cool move Preeti, if they had if the if they had shown like him and his young mm-hmm. daughter and his wife oh they're like living in like a crappy little apartment or he's barely yes. getting by then to show i kind like,
2: of just yeah, I think you're. I put that on it. I just made that assumption.
3: <laughs> I guess. I think, yeah.
2: I, 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 but I guess.
1: I guess I would. I, I don't know. It, it, there's something about Michael Keaton that just doesn't. He just feels. He keeps saying he's blue collar, but he just feels white collar.
3: And and it added it, a dimension think so? for sure. Yeah. It, and it adds a dimension to. The, I've heard critics be like, "Oh, he's like that guy that postures as a blue collar person." Yeah. But if you like, you dignify the service is huh. actually kind of this like doesn't know his own privilege. But right, I think that's the thing about casting is it kind of paints stuff a different right. Parts. That's
1: that's why I think Leguizamo would have just sold all of that uh, a, a, a lot more. And it, yes, it, yeah, I just Leguizamo would have been dope, um, mm. <laughs> like really dope.
2: <laughs> but we did get like the Keaton stuff is oh, so yeah, good no, for sure. Yeah, like so good. But
3: I would kill to see the Leguizamo car scene.
2: Yes yes
3: yeah just like (laughs) Mm. i'll kill you i'll kill everyone you love and then yeah yeah Yeah. um i think it's really funny he's holding up this picture that liz drew of of this this horrifying thing that happened in new york earlier that day um and he's like yeah it's pretty good you know when i was a kid i i used to draw i used to draw you know cowboys and indians but now i'm like you never drew aliens as a kid the concept of, (laughs) of aliens from outer space it's not like a new concept dude
2: um, he's he's got a lack of imagination <laughs> for sure. He
3: can only draw what <laughs> exists in front of him. <laughs> um, and as an MCU nerd, this is interesting. We are introduced to the Department of Damage Control, which mm-hmm. would go on to play a big part in you know No Way Home. I mean, yeah, Miss Marvel, of course. So it's interesting, Scott. As a and you know, as a, as comic book fans, both of you, uh, this is like a very different version of the damage control from the comics who are normally like a wacky, likable, comedic force. Uh, what do you think about this change of them being like this really cold, bureaucratic agency? Personally, I find it boring, but because we mm. already had that with S.H.I.E.L.D. It was like,
1: well, we, we don't have S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore, but we kind of still need S.H.I.E.L.D. so here's another S.H.I.E.L.D.
2: I mean, yeah, they need, it can't be something with a lot of character, honestly, not in this movie, mm-hmm. because yeah. you, it would have been uh, too much yeah like it would have split the focus between what we're really supposed to be paying attention to For sure. like they they were just there to fill a role in this movie like to scott's point like we need a shield but we don't have shield so what's gonna take its place
1: yeah yeah which is good. interesting because technically you did have shield in
2: 2012 <laughs> <laughs> i think they were like this is gonna confuse the the like yeah can you imagine if they had been like okay and then we're gonna use shield here I think people would have been like, Well, what does that mean for what happened? What what went on? What did they take? Like I think it would have opened up too many questions. That's true. For within the time jump. Yeah. So just make a clean break, have it not be new, like it's not gonna pull people's attention away from the rest of the plot. Right. No, for sure. Is what I imagine. Plus we
1: get to blame it on Tony Stark. Um yeah. So
2: many things to blame on Tony yeah. Stark. So yeah. many so
1: many people are 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 put upon by Tony Stark and then just stew for years waiting to get their revenge.
2: <laughs> He, he, I I understand it. That's, yeah, it's like every
1: <laughs> villain he's ever had I have been people it. stewing ha- after like a bad first meeting or first interaction with him,
2: or multiple bad interactions yeah. with him, and then he just takes the credit for all the good shit you did. Sorry, it's no, for no all no, the good stuff you did. No, no, <laughs> no. You're free, you're
1: free to curse all you
3: want on this one. Um, <laughs> he's he and like, it's so funny. He probably is never even aware that Adrian Toomes is a person.
2: No, fully no.
3: No um i kind of have a newfound so okay so to get to the tony stark of it all uh or at least to start that conversation um a criticism i've had i had for this trilogy for a while prior to no way home is like and you know you've heard it all before like oh he's just iron man sidekick he's like little baby oh little baby iron man you're gonna cry uh <laughs> uh I kind of now post Endgame or whatever, I kind of dig Tony Stark. He's just this guy who just makes mistake after mistake after mistake Mm -hmm. after mistake until he finally does one thing right and it's it kills him.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And I think Tony, I think bringing Peter into Civil War is like another on that list of mistakes. Yeah and yeah,
2: yeah cuz yeah. he's not a good mentor no. yeah like he's he's a terrible mentor yeah and
1: like that's why so he, he, he tries to
2: pawn it off on on
3: happy
1: <laughs> because he's like you're, you're yeah. probably better at this than
3: i am <laughs>
2: And then they're both terrible. Yeah, yeah.
3: Awesome. and I think I think the movie's a little more aware of that than it is sometimes given credit for. Like, there's a bit at the end, and maybe it's just Downey as an actor. But when he's like, "Hey, you know, when I when when I kicked you out of the when I when I took away your suit, it, it kind of be, retroactively became this cool thing, right? I'm I'm a good because he's like trying to end the cycle. He's trying no, to. I
2: agree. Yeah, I think the movie knows. I think mm. the movie is aware of it. I actually think it was like a misreading of it that mm-hmm. happened after the fact. I think the movie mm. is fully aware that. Like, the whole thing, I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but, like, the whole thing at the end is that Peter does it himself. Right. We get that, like, iconic shot. We get the iconic, like, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, split face, being like, come on, Peter. Mm-hmm. Like, he does it. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I never bought into that whole, like, when people were like, oh, he's just, like, Iron Man's sidekick. I'm like, he's not. He's an example of, like, despite despite the Iron Manness, this is who Peter Parker is. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think the game of this movie – homecoming is like Spider-Man, Peter, Peter one and Peter three are very isolated characters. Mm -hmm. And the fun of this movie is like, well, we want to see Peter. We want to see Spider-Man play in the world of this MCU that is now a decade old at this point. And Mm -hmm. from the jump, this movie does that of immediately tying Peter's origin, weaving it into like Happy Hogan and Iron Man and even Vulture is like his, his origin is born out of the rubble of the Battle of New York. Yep. So, yeah, I know this movie. The movie ages pretty well. I think so good. <laughs> um, I think uh, so. Yeah, we get that cold open. We get the vultures' big ass wings. Scott, um, you and Zach really sold me on uh, in the behind the scenes for Spider Man Three. You describe vultures' wings that he 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 makes over the course of years in prison, and it looks like a shiv. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I would have. I would have liked or like to a bunch that. of shivs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what are what are your Scott? What are your thoughts on uh, the MCU's take on the, the vulture wings and the vulture um,
1: suit? I I really like it as a as a reinvention. I think that there's some missed opportunities in uh, vulture iconography that. I think we might get down the line. Um, I would love to see Vulture in the next Spider-Man along with like a few other like street level people like bring Shocker back, bring Scorpion back and make him Scorpion. Um, you know, the rumored I guess the rumored like plot is like Wilson Fisk is running for mayor and is outlong vigilantes and hires a bunch of like super villains to like take down Spider-Man and, and his buddies. And so it's like a, it's like a, yeah, it's like that kind of thing. Um, I, I would like the 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 thing that I missed in this is like those those iconic moments of like them flying between skyscrapers, of like vulture flying through skyscrapers, and 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 Spider-Man fighting. This isn't the story that they're telling here, and I understand that, but it is like when I think about like. The vulture, that's what I think of. And so I do miss out on that aspect of it. But the suit itself is really cool. His mask reminds me of uh, Mothman, <laughs> the Mothman, uh, oh, yeah. uh, with, the, with the glowing eyes and everything. Um, but yeah, it's a cool reinvention of, of the character. And I love that it, it goes back to his name of like he's a vulture. So he picks apart like dead carcasses. And here it's, it's picking apart the dead carcass of, of technology. Um, it's really smart. And 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 it's built into the MCU DNA and, and yeah, I just I
3: it's great. I love it. Yeah. Preethi, what are your thoughts on MCU Vulture?
2: Yeah, I I I like the suit. I think it was very in line with how the MCU was approaching sort of like comics visualizations in the in real media at the time. Mm-hmm. Which is with this like level of realism to it, so it has to look like it actually works. Mm-hmm. Um I, it was, you know, it, what's nice about it is like when you put it on screen next to Tom Holland, is he so slight? It was like a really scary pairing, mm-hmm. which I think also works really, really well to add on to that notion of like, this is a kid. Like, I think everything that they did was to remind us of, like, the odds that Spider-Man is fighting and that costume is part of it.
3: Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's imposing to see this, like, big hulking. It's always bigger than you remembered it being when it comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then uh has to be discussed. So, okay, I, I think we get the cold open. And then I think my favorite individual, like, character theme in the MCU is Michael Giacchino's Spider-Man theme. Mm-hmm.
1: The 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 '60s remake or the dun dun
3: dun 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 dun, dun. dun, dun, dun yeah dun 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 I yeah. I I now only think
1: of Avengers Campus whenever I hear that. <laughs> me too. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: oh no, you you're. I think you hit your mute button, Preeti.
2: Hi, <laughs> I did. Okay, I must have accidentally hit the space button. Sorry.
3: <laughs> no, but me too. Every time I hear that theme now, I'm like, "Hey guys, it's me, Spider I'm up on the
2: roof. I'm gonna do a flip." <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be a robot in a couple seconds, but it's it's
2: all good. <laughs> but a cool a robot. Cool robot. Very cool. <laughs> that we're
3: going to throw through the sky. Just yeet out of a net. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, Preeti mentioned how like genuinely funny this movie is. And y- you get that right out of the gate with uh, Peter Parker, millennial vlogger or Gen Z vlogger. Yes.
2: <laughs> Genius. Yeah. Genius. Yeah
3: just a great way to catch you up if you ha- if you didn't see Civil War if you don't really remember Civil War i mean like and it's all here like peter's kind of dorky endearing like genuine sense of humor his the happy hogan is this like who would have thought the perfect foil to this kid yeah It it sets up
1: his original costume before giving him the Mm -hmm. new one Mm -hmm. um, to to be paid off later. And uh, but it it also emphasizes how stupid it was for him to be there to begin with.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's I don't know. I feel like it's one of those like I feel like when stuff like that happens and then I'm seeing movie like I'm always like comics, like hand wavy comics, you know, it's like when you're reading something and you're like, if I think, about this for more than four minutes it's like not good everything's gonna fall apart yeah
1: yeah (laughs) Uh, i just don't even really remember what tony's thought process was
2: in looping him into the civil war stuff he just wanted numbers he wanted numbers and he wanted weight because he was so worried about cap which i think fair he acted out of anxiety yeah and he acted out of like well, I see this kid can like move a bus with a little finger, right? Like he is strong. Yeah. So if anyone was going to be able to like li- have the literal strength to go up against heavy hitters, right. it's going to be like someone with superpowers. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. I re- I remember I haven't seen Civil War in a few years, but I remember that the scene leading up to like you know Queen's left hand free is like Nat and Tony. Being like, well, who's left? Like, Thor's gone, yeah. Hulk's gone. Everyone else is on Cap's team. Who do we have? And Tony's like, well, I have been keeping tabs on this kid. Yeah, like
1: I War.
2: think it's about the strength, honestly. Yeah.
3: yeah, just just a numbers
1: game. Yeah, you forget, you forget. But yeah, that super, he... but but it's super irresponsible. Which is going back extremely. to like
2: extremely. <laughs> yeah, going
1: back to to Tony just making like cleaning up mistake
3: after mistake after mistake. That's like his entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there's even they even do some lip service in Civil War, where like you know he made remember that really old movie Empire Strikes Back, and Don Cheadle, and like,
2: someone says like, "How old is like, this kid?" Dude.
3: <laughs> Tony, what did you do? <laughs>
2: like Tony, man, messed up, bro. <laughs> uh,
3: and so yeah, so the Civil War was largely a success, I guess. Who knows? And um, Tony returns Peter to New York, and it's like, "Hey, man, don't call me. I'll call you." And cut to two months later. And yeah, it's a very I think it's a it's a it's a feeling a lot of us can remember feeling when we were that age of like you're stuck in your little routine of going to school and you're still a kid. But you're so you feel like you're so ready to take a big old bite out of the world.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, One thing that we skipped over that I did just want to mention is uh, is is the. uh... the 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 card that just like broke everyone's brains which was the eight years later thing
2: but i was gonna say oh, do yeah. we have to talk about they met they admitted it yeah they, they admit, admitted it they they did I, the math wrong. i just yeah
1: i just i i was like it's four years it's just so it's literally half the time guys
2: <laughs> what happened they're just like oops yeah i promise you somebody was like placeholder time yeah and nobody and then like no one at any point was like Wait, we should have done the math on this. Is I, that
1: right? I wonder if they ever like, fixed it in like digital copies or anything.
2: Oh, that I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I, watched I watched a th-
1: physical copy, so I don't know. I did as well. Thanks to you. Yeah. Um, but uh, also, I, I, that scene of, of the two of them in the car, which is really, really great, and is also mm-hmm. apparently John Watts was literally like, okay, so here's what happens in the scene. Here's the camera. Uh, uh, do whatever you want. Um, and shut the car door, <laughs> and like all of that was just riffed by like, yeah, by by uh, even
2: the like when he reaches by him yes. and he's like, that's not a hug. Yes, so good. Yes,
1: all of that, all of I, that was I, just like I, came up was improvised on the spot.
2: I feel like that's part of why there is this misreading of Tony as like a good mentor, and it's just because Tom and RDJ have like such good chemistry. Mm-hmm. When they're together and they like you can tell that there is a connection there and truly like Tony Stark obviously cares about Peter Parker, Mm -hmm. though maybe not understanding boundaries or limits in the way that he should. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's also this underlying thing in that scene when you take into consideration what happened at the end of Civil War, where he he, fought, he like his he's like like, on the ground, <laughs> yeah, like, well, like his like best friend or like you know best coworker, whatever, yes,
2: yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh,
1: defended the guy who killed his parents, and like you know he he lost like half the Avengers, and the Avengers are disassembled now, and like he's dealing with all of that while mm-hmm. also trying to put on a brave face for this kid but also like get out of the car because i need to emotionally break down and i can't but also, do it right like also
2: like i'm going to do this and then fully abandon you yes yeah
3: yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and like and we can kind of we can keep digging of like you know you kind of people often learn from the family they grew up in and like howard stark mm-hmm. doesn't seem like the kind of dude who was really like hey champ how was school today and so mm-hmm. like he doesn't really know how to like be in someone's life day to day like that. It's yeah. And it's also cool that the whole thing was improv. There's this little moment where he's like, sorry, you're like I- I'm not hugging you. We're not there yet. And I'm like, oh, but you will be because yeah, the, there's a part <laughs> in Endgame. Oh. Yeah. Gives him that big old hug. Oh, that's good. That yeah. is good.
2: <laughs> oh, the circle. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Uh, so we and then uh, I yeah so there was this thing that Kevin Feige like and, and company from the very beginning of like Iron Man was like we're going to really focus on the aspect of the world outside your door mm-hmm. of Marvel Comics Yes,
2: which is great
3: yeah and like a big criticism that we've had for these movies compared to this the Raimi movies is like oh they're not as operatic and soaring and over the top and I think that's absolutely by design yeah yeah
2: it's a win Mm -hmm. it's it's immediately makes it a unique spider-man movie like I remember coming out of that and there I was like they didn't spend any time in Manhattan and that's awesome because this kid is 15 16 years old he's starting with what he knows yeah and he's running around Queens after school (laughs)
3: Yeah, Yeah. and like the world feels so alive, and you know we spent plenty of time complimenting how alive the Ramey's New York felt, but in just such a different way. Like, I mean, uh, I I I love every single kid in Peter's decathlon team. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Yes,
3: they just each feel like a real, like weird singular kid that has all
2: of the high school kids. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that kid who's like, I want them and the teachers, but I want them to bring that kid back who's like they twice in the movie once when he's like hey what are you doing and ned's like what are you doing and he's like chess yeah love that kid and then he's like in the bathroom at the end i love that kid yeah Yeah.
3: He, he's great. Uh, Abraham is great. Please don't use the bell for comedic effect. Abraham
2: great. <laughs> this movie is so funny. It is.
3: No, the, the <laughs>
1: teachers are great. And I love all the sort of like random queen citizens, you know, like, yes, I, I think they're they're so they're so fun and fills in the world in a similar fashion to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man series. But um, it's not Manhattan. So it's like smaller scale. Um, and, and it's a little more personal, you know, they're not Mm -hmm. representations of all of New York. They're just like Mm, random people he runs into.
3: (laughs) And, uh, as we talked about Scott, like, you know, spy, you know, Ramey is like, Hey, kids putting on a show, it's a movie. So everyone in that world is like, Hey, wow, it's Spider-Man, you know, pointing up at the sky and you love it. But like, this is, they, by design, much more grounded. Like the guy that runs the deli that is like, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a friendly neighborhood.
1: Yeah, and the guy telling him to do a flip, Um, and he's like, hey, nice, (laughs) and that's it. it It's
2: so good. (laughs) It's just super
3: chill. Uh, um, He's Spider-Man from YouTube in this, right? Right. Right
2: like oh cool don't mess up my commute we're good
3: <laughs> right. or like when he gets everyone in that little neighborhood mad at him because he accidentally like yeah, webs website that guy that's
2: exactly it yeah. like don't ruin my day by like spider-manning okay <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah and it's it's pretty consistent for uh, the next two movies i think is like
2: mm-hmm.
3: it matters like li- new york's opinion of spider-man is this liquid nebulous constantly evolving thing yes which,
2: it's cool. It's... As evidenced in this movie in a perfect moment.
3: <laughs> right. Uh, great Stan Lee cameo as well. Mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. um, Excellent. It's it's really cool because, like, you know, Tony sort of cheated Peter out of an origin. Like, he gave him, like, a fast pass. And so he I, has to learn on the say, job.
1: I I don't know why... My brain and the collective brain of so many like Spider-Man fans are like this, but like I don't know why I have so many questions about his origin or why I even care about getting the answers. But like I do, and I and it it frustrates me internally. Who
2: are you, Ned?
1: I, yes, during that <laughs> Can whole you lay eggs? during that whole sequence, I was like, but where did the spider come from? What were Doesn't the matter. circumstances that led to you finding the spider? I I just want to know. I want to know, and I he
2: was. In in this Peter Parker's world. He was just looking for something in his closet. Yeah. Like I feel like it was this like completely innocuous moment Probably. that just like sort of happened oh. and he was like, Huh, oh, that hurts. Yeah. Oh,
1: my my, my <laughs> brain is broken, but like it just
3: I can't help it. <laughs> I have abs. What's happening? Yeah.
2: <laughs> my glasses don't work anymore. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. It's just everything everything that we saw, it it just happened to him, you know. Right. um i think this might be this 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 trilogy does these movies do such a good job of really making the mcu feel like a world um Mm -hmm. yes like there's that incredible you know the the, the cap captain america recording like a psa for like the presidential (gasps) fitness exam (laughs) it's
2: they, like, acknowledge you. what it is, is they acknowledge the absurdity of having to exist mm-hmm. in the same space as these, like, superhumans mm-hmm. Yeah. at, like, like, when Hannibal Buress is like, I'm pretty sure that guy's a war criminal, but, like, yeah. the state says I have to show it to you.
1: I also love that yeah. he's, he is standing on the wrong side of the TV for oh, when yeah, yeah. <laughs> motions toward the teacher. <laughs>
2: It's so good. (laughs) Like, everything is, like, so perfectly. And, like, that's the thing that works so well about Spider-Man, I think, because they acknowledge that, like, in Spider-Man comics, there is this layer of absurdity to it. You have J. Jonah Jameson who, like, points it out to an absurd level, but he's like, this kid runs around the streets of New York in a Spider-Man costume. That's ridiculous. Yeah,
3: (laughs) yeah and like uh so it's
2: like layering it and like
3: <laughs> Preeti, i'm sorry we can't get you on far from home but like that movie has such a fun time playing with the absurdity of the snap
2: yeah. yes yeah it's like it's like they this is what feels so good about this spider-man movie is from every decision they make from like tone to like layering all these things in it's like they truly understand like the ethos of spider-man beyond just the character but as like Narrative and comics, and like these feelings that you want to have while you're watching the movie, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah
3: yeah uh I timed it i cl- I made a note. Peter lasts twenty two minutes in the movie before Ned finds out his secret identity <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's he's good. so
2: bad at this <laughs> yeah, so no.
1: good.
3: The, the 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 way
1: that the camera moves in that sequence to reveal Ned is unbelievable like, it's so good it is so good
3: um you really thought he got away with it and
2: nope nope
3: <laughs> and like the payoff of the death star lego set
2: Just, like, smashing to the ground. But it's also, there's also, like, a layer
3: of, like, deep sadness because you know
1: how hard he worked on it. But also that he had to do it by himself. So it's a lot like, it's a lot like, it's a lot like uh, there's meatloaf in the fridge, Michelangelo. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like, uh, Peter missing the painting of the kitchen. Um,
2: uh, so So it's like,
1: I did this all by myself and I worked so hard and I just dropped it all over the floor. Um, and all of that is your fault.
2: <laughs> but the joy of Ned and then just like, again, like the great chemistry between Jacob Batalon and Tom Holland of that, like, yeah. back and forth they have where it's like, <laughs> just like their voice is getting higher and higher and more panicked. Oh, <laughs> And like yeah. Ned being like, I gotta be honest with you. I don't think that's something I can do.
3: <laughs> no, he's great. And I think, you Blade know, me. Batalon's Ned, it, it's as big of a casting coup. As Zendaya, as MJ, as Tom Holland, as yes. Peter, like mm-hmm. he's he's the heart and soul of this of this trilogy, and like yeah, their friendship is so earnest and effortlessly funny and sweet. Um, and yeah, it's it it's is great. He this is his first like thing. Period. Like yeah. he had just moved,
1: he had just moved to L. A. from Hawaii, and was like just starting like acting lessons and like stuff like that. But he was really funny, so he got a manager pretty quick, and then he ended up like. Stumbling into this audition, and then they like wrote this character for him because they loved him so much because he was so funny in the auditions and stuff. Um, which is how they did like all of the characters, apparently. All the all the kid, all the teen characters, they just sort of like hired people that were like good in the auditions and wrote characters around them. Um, smart, yeah, really, uh, really smart. It is, it is how we get like Michelle. And then Lorette Kahn of making her MJ, like MJ. Mm -hmm. Um, All of that just comes from like, I don't know, like this is... This is, she's fun. She's good. Let's, let's, let's try this. Um, which I, I kind of like the energy of that. I don't know. Yes. yes. yeah
3: um, No, I agree. And Gory Rice doing great, like, awkward morning announcement acting as Betty. <laughs>
2: those, those
1: morning announcements are, like, some of my favorite stuff in this. The it's... best
2: thing to come out of, like, the snap situation is the, yes. like, Mm -hmm. high school memorial video that they did (laughs) yes it's It's one of the funniest things i've ever seen in my life uh, sorry different movie but it's so good it
3: is so good (laughs) um but also out of that uh that scene where ned finds out that peter's spider-man we get uh i think it's a good it's a good opportunity to talk about uh marissa tomei's aunt may yes Mm -hmm. um I always love how she low key just doesn't even comment on. Oh, I just walked in on my my nephew in his underwear with his best friend Ned. Okay, she
2: just says like maybe you should put, put some, some clothes, clothes on. on. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. She's like, well, she's a cool aunt. She's she is. Is a cool
3: aunt. I, yeah.
2: I, and I, and I like you know.
1: Obviously, they want to modernize this, and they're like, it doesn't. It it doesn't no one has an aunt that they live with. Who's like 90 years old. Like, like, and also that doesn't make any sense. Like how is she, she would have to be like a great aunt or something. Like, it like doesn't, why is she
2: so old? Yeah. It
1: doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It made sense in the sixties, I guess, but not now. And so let's make her like actual, <laughs> a, actually age appropriate. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it makes a lot of sense. And I love her aunt May and I love their chemistry. Um, I my my biggest complaint with her is that she's barely in Far From Home. I, I you know because of the circumstances of what that movie's about, um, right. But I I miss her a lot in that movie. Um,
2: yeah, I, I love she's their chemistry. Really good. Yeah, she just like has it's It's funny because I remember one of my complaints was actually in this movie when I back in the day was like how they have everybody make comments about her appearance, which I didn't love because mm-hmm. it's like everyone just constantly like. Anytime she comes up in conversation uh, with Peter, the person will say something about how hot she is. Uh And I wish they could have balanced it out because there was was it wasn't was it in this movie where there's a scene that Marissa Tomei has talked about where she like something happens and she gets to have a conversation with Peter about like this horrible thing that's happened. Was that in this movie?
3: Um, I know. So this you have you have Peter you have Tony being like hey your aunt's pretty hot you have uh, yes. the deli guy being like hey his aunt's pretty hot and you have yeah, the waiter the waiter giving right. yeah and it's like I think she yeah it's it is always remarked upon um, yeah I can't think of like that moment I don't know if that moment is what you're is that referring to there,
2: there's like a there was an interview with her where she's talking about Aunt May's like presence and they cut it and I can't remember if mm. it's Homecoming or Far From Home. Um, where she gets to basically be that voice of that Uncle Ben sort of thing of like giving him advice about something. And mm-hmm. obviously now we know right. after uh, No Way Home that she does get to play that level of importance in Peter's life, right. which is so wonderful. Right. But that was like, like, I wish that we could have had more, even more Aunt May mm-hmm. in this movie to fulfills some of the pieces that Tony wasn't fulfilling.
1: Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I think they went a little too far on hanging a lantern on the fact that like, she's a young, it's a young Aunt May. It's yes. A, you know. Yeah. Um, and they were trying to hang a lantern on that and be like, you guys are all saying this, so like, we're just, because like, I remember when they ca- when they cast Marissa Tomei as Aunt May and it's just like, the internet was just full of those same jokes of like, Aunt May's hot yes. now. And so, yes. yeah, they were obviously trying to hang a lantern on that, but yeah, I think they Once would have been enough. Like,
2: one time. Yeah. You just need it the one time. And then the only way, and I will bang this drum until I die. If they had ever cast, if they had ever cast Uncle Ben, it should have been Timothy Oliphant Mm. because he is hot enough to balance out Marissa Tomei's hotness as Aunt May.
3: Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Cool Uncle Ben. I, I
2: wanted,
1: I I think, I think, I feel like he's too old or, or too, too tall to be. Uncle Ben, Um, I, I, (laughs) I, my, uh, the one I always wanted was Michael J. Fox. I wanted Michael J. Fox to play Uncle Ben Um, just because, yeah, his performance is inspired by Michael J. Fox. And so the fact that like. He
2: also is like handsome enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, But like.
2: And I like the idea
1: of Uncle Ben in this universe not dying in like a horrible tragedy or accident and just like you know, dying of, like, some medical issue. Um, and I think that would have been, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's the idea. Like, no, the agree. first lesson he learns is that, like, oh, I can't save everybody or, you know, can't save everybody but from it, everything.
2: <clears throat> what's nice is that layer of grief that still exists in the movie despite mm-hmm. not having that, like, iconic origin story because there's the moment when, Aunt, like, May can't get a hold of him and mm-hmm. she is freaking out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that is enough, I think, for us to know that there is like trauma and grief there. Yeah. But they don't have to dig into it. Yeah.
3: And like there's that little so much goes unsaid between like Mm -hmm. Aunt May and Peter's relationship of where, you know, she isn't she isn't even Aunt May in this. It's May. Right. Mm -hmm. And like you really get that like sense of like, oh, these two need each other. They're in the process of recuperating. But like that kind of almost throwaway moment where. Uh, Peter's Ned's like well how come you just don't tell May that you're Spider-Man he's like well she's been through so much already and like yeah, yeah. and it's it centers it around May it isn't like Uncle Ben is not no longer this like the right. th- big thing and Aunt May is now like a side character in this mythos it's like no it's a thing that happened to her yeah and, and like she's who I'm taking care of she's who I'm focused on
1: yeah I yeah. also just love that that May is canonically Italian um but that's a me thing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um, but but i I will say too i think i think I remember people really complaining about that stuff um because you know they 're like just tell say uncle ben 's name like god it 's so disrespectful and blah 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 um, but I think that that energy like taken out in a vacuum, I think everything that we 're talking about with that stuff is right it 's subtle mm-hmm. and it 's good and whatever. but when you look at the rest of the m c u and you have stuff like You know, in Daredevil, them being like, yeah, when that thing happened in New York with the guy with the hammer and the green guy. And and like it feels similar. And so it feels like they're hinting at stuff that they're just not talking about when you compare (laughs) it to the other stuff, Um, you know, and I think people were so exhausted by that energy that. They thought this was more of the same instead of just you know subtle storytelling, subtle characters, and letting
2: like this character breathe when the last movie yeah. that came out was like a year and a half earlier. Like letting this Spider-Man exist in a new way. Yeah, because uh, I remember people, like, and myself included, being like, "How many times do we need to see an origin story? Mm-hmm. Like, how many times do I have to watch poor Uncle Ben get shot?
0: <laughs> yeah, right
2: by some awful person as Peter lets them go by, like." Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. And (laughs) like I'm good.
3: And I I think I've I've, I've mentioned this already kind of talking about all these, but post No Way Home, the the magic of No Way Home is it retroactively lets each Peter have their own space and be their own thing. And like, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. this Peter maybe doesn't have an Uncle Ben tragic thing. He's got his own stuff that's going to happen. That's going to aid, you know, his own stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So they get invited to a party. It's a big deal. Um. Oh, we get that great scene where like Ned splurts out like, "Oh, Peter's friends with Spider Man!"
2: Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> like Ned, what are you doing?
3: Yeah, I I really like how yeah it, it, they this movie is just filled with kids making dumb mistakes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes,
3: and it's messy and it's chaotic and uh. So they go to the party. Ned's wearing his cool hat because it gives him confidence
2: i love that
1: <laughs> but he's wearing the hat with the striped stripe shirt and and my wife pointed out she was like he just looks like freddie krueger <laughs> i was like oh man he kind of
0: does <laughs> <laughs> uh
3: we get um i almost said jacob alordi i can't think of his name right now i'm really sorry but uh F- flash
1: thompson tony
2: revioli tony. Revo, Revo-
3: revioli revioli Revolori. Re- 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 Revolori. Re- Revalori. Yes. Tony Revalori. Playing, uh, we talked a little it bit. He's of... great. Yes. Yeah. As kind of like a more, not quite a bully, but just like a constant source oh, of. Oh,
2: no. He's a bully. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's just not a jock. Right. But he's a bully. He's yeah. the
3: bully. He, he would be the bully
1: that would be going to a nerd school, a school for nerds. Yeah. Right. right. That's true. Yeah.
3: yeah. Penis Parker.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Oh. He is much less of a bully in the subsequent films though. he's just beca- because yes. he becomes more and more pathetic. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they really start piling it on. The, the more the yeah, more layers they it. peel away of his interior life, you're like, Oh wait, I actually gotta feel bad for this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um And yeah, he's
2: a good Flash Thompson, though. He is good. (laughs) He really is.
3: There's this little moment. We we might skip over it in the walkthrough. But like when they're all sneaking off to the pool together in the decathlon and he like slaps Peter on the ass. It's it's like a little bit like friendly. It's like showing a hint of like, okay, at the end of the day, they are all stuck in this nerd school together. And yeah, I don't know. He's 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 a. So. Peter sneaks off to go and his first challenge of Spider-Man of like that classic, like you can't have it both ways. You have to choose Mm -hmm. is he's about to impress everybody and win the party, but then he sees his plume, this blue explosion off in the distance and the call to responsibility tugs at his, at his little spider heart. Um, and you know, it's really good. I remember even like, again, before no way home, a criticism I had was like, Oh, they're playing with kid gloves with this guy. Like, you know, Ramy, they really, they really put Peter through the ringer and blah, 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 blah. But like, that's, that's going to happen. And
2: yeah, he's in high school, right? Like yeah. this is, but think about that. Cause that is the worst thing is you go to this party for a girl you like. Mm-hmm. And she like, is a, when he says like, one of those telling moments is when he's like, I should just be myself. And Ned goes, nobody wants that. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, oh, so you see when he's on the roof and he's like trying to practice what he's going to say mm-hmm. as like finally going to talk to this girl and make her think that he's cool. Mm-hmm. And then he has to give that up to follow the responsibility. Like when you're 16, uh, the worst. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like just the most gut wrenching of like that. I'm not I'm never going to get this moment back.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. You feel the cost and like the regret and, Like you're with Peter. And yeah, uh, you feel that moment again at the pool where he's like oh my god it's so obvious that Liz likes him or like wants to at least wants to get to know him more and he's like i can't right. i got to and no one's even asking him to do it yet it's all him but also if he had gone swimming
1: with everybody like th- he would have become the most popular kid in school instantly because he's just whoa. ripped to shit <laughs> <laughs> and, like everybody would be like whoa <laughs>
2: They he get would back have from to the, wear like
1: yeah. a 1910s like bodysuit in order to like get away with not being the most like <laughs> Peter has abs, Peter <laughs> has Sean like guy has like in the an, school. An oh, you're oh, muted Preeti. again, Preeti. All
2: right, that time I didn't do anything. <laughs> that I was like not even touching anything,
3: <laughs> but yeah, any, what were any. You any... Saying?
2: I say it's like I saw Peter Parker without his shirt on, and I heard he has 17 abs. <laughs> like,
3: yes. No. What, dude? Yeah.
1: It's crazy. How is that possible? I don't know. Go
3: go to a <laughs> pool with him. You'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves, and you know, previous. So, so he she she he intervenes. He sees. We get um, Uncle Aaron, played by Donald Glover. Um, oh. Both shockers, Bokeem Woodbine, and the dude from. Um,
2: Logan Logan Marshall. Yes. King. Thank you.
3: Oh, great pull. <laughs> um, I would I would love for Donald Glover to come back in the next in the next Spider-Man
1: as well as like the yes. Prowler, full, full blown prowler, I think would be really cool. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, he key is one of my favorite lines of the movie. Where he was like, look, I'm just looking to scare people. I'm not trying to shoot anyone back in time.
2: I know it's so good when he he's like why are you trying to upsell me man I just I wanted something quiet (laughs) he's like just give me something quiet they're like how about this laser you can see from space It is that, like that, that and
1: the, no, man, I got ice cream in here. Yeah. <laughs> Those
3: are the two best lines that he has in
2: the, the movie. Two, I mean, the interaction he has with Spider-Man in that parking garage yeah. is one of my favorite mm-hmm. things.
0: Oh, so good.
3: But uh So Spider-Man sees this happening and he says, like, oh, that's how the guys back at the ATM got their weapons. And it kind of it hit me. I was like, oh, cool. This kind of reminds me of something that I really liked about spider Adventure, which is we get to see Peter kind of solving a little mystery.
2: Yeah. Because like, he's smart. He's
3: smart. He gets to kind of put the pieces together. And, like, he doesn't have all the answers now. But he's going to, like, slowly learn and put it all together. Uh, yeah. And we get a cool chase with...
2: I mean, it's yeah, so good.
3: Oh, I mean, like, <laughs> the joke of when he, like, flips And it just, like, shoots into nothingness. <laughs> That's
2: a... That is... There is a... I was, like, trying to find it. There's a comic... Like that is an exact comic panel of like in one of the older older Spider-Man comics where he goes to Jersey and he tries to like swing <laughs> and then he looks around and he's like oh man gotta walk yeah. <laughs> there are no skyscrapers in Jersey
3: <laughs> and it's it's awesome like you know the the Raimi movies they would take the piss but it's just like a fun like playing with the game of because we this is our fifth Spider-Man movie you know like we all yeah. we all know how it usually goes we get the fun. Ferris Bueller running across the lawns and like going back. So good. He's, this Peter is messy. Yes. He's he's making he's causing more damage than he's than he's fixing.
2: He's not good at it yet.
3: Yeah.
2: Like when he falls, I laugh so hard <laughs> when he falls in front of those two girls and his eyes do the the, the do out. the twitchy thing, yeah. and they both just scream. Uh.
1: He's he's not good at it and he didn't have to snap anyone's neck to figure out that he's not good at it yet. Oh. <laughs> Boom. <Dumb.
0: laughs>
3: and uh he is rescued. He falls into the the lake or you know vulture drops him into the lake. He's rescued by uh Tony Stark, quote, as he's doing something i never is he like leaving a wedding i think
2: he's at a wedding he i think he's leaving a wedding it looks like a wedding yeah in india
3: um but yeah he's it's i don't uh, yeah it It. It, it, was, it. also felt like he wasn't really emotionally invested in the wedding because he's like
2: no it might it could have also been like a business mm, deal mm, or something i don't know sure
3: the point is like oh, he's
2: clearly like
3: he's a jet setter yeah. you know he's always somewhere yeah yeah. and not
2: where he's supposed to be yeah
3: because there's a moment and i want to ask both of you this um so peter's trying to like communicate the direness of the situation and he's like dude there's like alien tech there's like weapons i really think you guys should like deal with this and he's like "I no no no, dude this is way outside of your jurisdiction and, okay so you're gonna get the avengers on this right like no this isn't quite worth the avengers time and i wrote in my notes what do the avengers do
1: in, in this ah. universe, they only do like earth shattering stuff like yes. that's that 's it that 's the only time they 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 don 't do like ongoing adventures, which is you know i i that 's why i 'm like desperate for like avenger's mansion and well, like when we do the next iteration of Avengers mm-hmm. with like Kang dynasty and all of that like I want I want to be able to be like, oh yeah, like they're just there's there's continuing Avengers missions that we're not seeing. Like they're going on little adventures, taking care of this, that, or the other. But like, yeah, it really just seems like okay. Like this is elevated to a state where like the Avengers have to intervene. Otherwise, like, yeah, it doesn't seem like they just, like, take care of their own stuff in their own neighborhoods, I guess. I don't know.
2: They got they got stuff going on with other big... I mean, part of me, that line to me was Tony minimizing mm-hmm. what Peter was saying mm-hmm. and not really believing that it was as... a Like, obviously, he doesn't believe it's as big a deal and in terms of, like, what Peter believes. Right. Like, we know that Tony obviously takes it and then goes to other people with that information. The feds. But... But, to Peter Parker, it's Tony being like, Uh, it's too important for you, not important enough for me, mm-hmm. so probably not that important, yeah. really, at yeah. the end of the day,
1: yeah, yeah, it's, a, it kinda, it's a thing yeah. that parents do where they try to like not give they don't give their kid enough credit that yes. like that like uh you're not gonna get this, so i'm just gonna I'm gonna uh, sweep it under the rug." And then that's how, like, you know, the kids get involved in stuff they shouldn't be involved in because you're not just being straight with them, thinking that yeah. like they're not going to understand. And that's what's happening here. And I kind of, I kind of like that as like uh, a a quote unquote first time parent uh, making a making a mistake. You know,
2: very bad, very bad parenting mistake here is underestimating Peter's ability to understand something. Yes, yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I trust you enough to send you off to like. Do battle to the death with some of the most powerful forces mm-hmm. on the earth, but not enough to like take your advice seriously. Yes, right.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's something where he like didn't. If you're looking at it from a from a Tony Stark that we know point of view, it's he started this relationship with this kid that he no longer wants to spend the time on. Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah,
2: and has a million other things that he needs to be doing, and this is like one more beat of responsibility that Tony Stark doesn't want to have.
3: For sure. And it plants the seed of Peter's decision at the end of the movie, which is like, yes, look, the Avengers apparently only come together when it's like Ultron or Thanos or Loki. But like other people need day to day help. And I I don't think Mm -hmm. if you guys aren't going to go into Queens or where, you know, or Jersey City, there needs to be other heroes that are looking out for the little guy.
1: Right. Right. um. Also uh, uh low key detail, I love that Iron Man's suit in this movie is is colored like Ultimate's Iron Man. I just think that's a fun detail. Yeah, it's ah. a good
2: it was a good good move.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> uh so at this point Peter's like, Okay, I'm on my own. He they go on a school trip to uh DC because it's close to Maryland, where they're tracking the thing. I saw this movie like an hour ago. they now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I so so, da,
2: da, da. <laughs> so so
3: John Hughes was
1: brought up a lot in terms mm-hmm. of like an yes. inspiration for, for this movie. Um, and it's so funny because like uh, there's the obvious thing, right? Is like the John Hughes high school stuff of like, right? Yeah, like you know, Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is directly referenced, um, in this and and, and things like that. But the one thing that they've never talked about ever. But I have noticed is the vacation movies with John Hughes wrote all yes. of them. And it's like, it's like they, this is a road trip movie, which is vacation. Far from home is European vacation and no way yeah. home is Christmas vacation. And it's like, it's so weird that that's a thing and no one has ever talked about it. Like John, like I just, it'd be, if I ever met John Watts, I was like, I know what you did with the vacation movies.
0: <laughs> like I just, oh, no. like, I know I what you did. I I see you. I see you. That's <laughs> your papyrus.
3: Yeah. Uh, I loved it because I was such a th- I remember that when they go to the hotel, the big hotel, and they're like, whoa, this is the coolest place. Like, yeah, we all. I remember those weekend trips with my friends. Yeah,
2: Yeah. The- like getting on the on that school bus and like. Although the, it was funny, I was like, you guys are taking eight children on this bus. <laughs> like, that is the most cost efficient way to do this, are we sure?
3: With one chaperone, yeah. poor Martin Starr all by with himself. With
2: one single chaperone. I know. But no, it's, it is, it all felt, I mean, that's the John Hughes of it all too, is like treating teenagers like they're people and mm-hmm. not props mm-hmm. and like letting the kids all exist as very real seeming children. Yeah. In these moments.
3: I mean, like, yeah, I mean, and, and, uh, there's that great joke that Michelle has where she's like, oh, can we, can we speed this up? I want to get into like some light protesting before the thing. And Martin Stoner's yeah. like, oh, pa- pa- you know, uh, protesting is patriotic people. Let's go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's so wholesome, Ooh, Preeti. We brought this up last week. Like a lot of the humor in the Amazing movies was kind of like, like kind of mean spirited, mm-hmm. and yeah,
2: because they're the darker, edgy Peter Parker movies. Yeah,
3: like the Rodrigo moment, or like the the like Dennis Leary being like, "Oh, do I look like the mayor of Tokyo to you?" You know, and it's just like, <laughs>
0: <ugh>.
2: yikes, <laughs> and it's just such
3: a such a breath of fresh air going into this yeah. one.
2: Yeah, I think there was an acknowledgement of, like, what – there, there's a – you know, it's the, like, I don't really want to celebrate something made by slaves, right? It's it's letting a, that sort of line exist in a movie like this, which could easily see as not having been done mm-hmm. a decade and a half ago, sure. a decade ago. And not like – and not like – sorry.
3: Oh, or And not like – you know, the, there's, like, the Lisa Simpson angle where, like
2: – Yes, which it's not that.
3: Yeah, where Michelle isn't put down or – it,
1: right.
2: it, mm-hmm. you
3: know degraded for having that opinion it's like no she's proven right
2: yeah yes
1: but that's the thing is that they they take that moment and they turn it into like a really funny joke that like yes. doesn't take away from the statement of fact that she had um,
2: exactly it's so
1: well done it's so well done yeah.
2: It's understanding where the punchline is and who the punchline should be. Right. I mean, it's I think the movie understands what we like love about comedy, which is like you don't punch down. Right. Because that's not funny. I mean, that's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like Adrian Toos' whole thing from my reading of it, which was that he was blue collar. Right. And sort of in a. Like, he doesn't not have a point sort of situation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it all sort of ties together to me. Sure.
3: And that's, like, the classic MCU villain. It's just like, oh, he's making yep. such a good point, but he just – he did that one bad thing, and now you got you to gotta send him to jail.
2: Although I do want to talk about a moment where he accidentally kills Shocker 1. Right. <laughs> and how sort of, like – like, that was the moment where I've like, I was, like – Have you murdered somebody before? Because you are awful chill with the fact that you just straight up murdered this guy in front of everyone.
3: That you've known for at least eight years. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like,
2: I was like, "Mm, that was very easy for you to move on from. Yeah, I think
1: there's a there's an inherent likability to Michael Keaton, which makes that that moment difficult to sell whereas I do think Leguizamo would have been able to balance those darker moments a little bit more than Keaton does um yeah yeah whereas like I'm picturing Keaton or I'm picturing Leguizamo in that scene and I'm like
3: I think this scene works better with Leguizamo (laughs) I don't know right or like you know when later on when he when he threatens Peter's life in in the car like it's speaking to that like oh yeah like I think this dude has already Killed some people. He's
2: definitely already killed killed people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like,
3: um. And speaking of kill mode, I uh, <laughs> guys, I really miss, I miss Karen. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jennifer Conley. Is, well, it's so weird how she's replaced with like. I mean, Peter Tony has like this weird. I don't want to say fetish for like AI voices, but like he's has like at least a half.
2: I feel like you can say okay,
3: it. Okay, thank you. Because. <laughs> <laughs> You have Friday, you have Karen, and in the next movie you have Edith, right? Right.
1: I The thing that I, I do like about, about Karen, and I have mixed feelings about it too, Preethi. but the thing that I do like about it is that they found a way to make Spider-Man talking out loud by himself- Not weird. Not weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I do like that aspect Fair. of it. Fair. Yeah.
2: And it, I, did, it did allow for that internality that we get in the comics and the caption boxes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's and, a good point. And I
1: do- love i just think it's the cutest thing that jennifer Connolly that they cast vision's real life wife to be the other ai <laughs> voice um i just think that's so cute i, I don't know i love and
3: that l- like the little flashes of emotion like that one moment at the el where the elevator is about to fall in dc and it's like liz and, and spider-man is like tell her peter kiss her do it <laughs>
1: it's so good I, I love how much she ships peter
2: and liz <laughs> uh, uh. but what's great is like there's that moment where they're chatting in the dodc area mm-hmm. and it could it was like if i was like this is i remember being like this is a little weird but then when he goes how long's it been and she's like 37 minutes and he's like <gasps> what <laughs> yes amazing it immediately like gives that whole moment more context that makes it so funny yeah
3: and it's a great it's also like reiterates like oh this is a kid this is a teenager yeah, yeah.
2: Thirty-seven minutes.
3: Uh, I gotta what? get out of here.
2: It's so good.
3: And I, I love the. This gave you know the cosplay look of like Spider-Man suit with the Science Academy blazer over it. Yeah.
2: Yes. It's great. Genius. Yeah. I mean that's
3: that was the poster. Um, yeah. 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 It was the best. Just the visual of like Spider-Man with a smartphone. You know, it mm-hmm. it's a, it says so much. Yeah. Um. Yes.
2: And, and using his Ti eighty three. Oh,
3: great! Amazing. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, and it goes back to the thing of like, oh, he's a, he's a really smart kid. Yeah. He can he, he doesn't need this he doesn't he's not just the suit and the powers, even if he doesn't yeah. realize that yet. Right. Right. Um so yeah, we get the the gray I really like the Washington Monument set piece. It's so simple, just you know, this kid having to scale the biggest building he's ever had mm-hmm. to scale up to this point. Yeah. And he's he's tired by the time he gets to the top.
2: It builds the tension so well.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't I didn't realize I, also
2: just, I
1: love that we've he's never been that high and he's like this is really scary
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so sweet yeah I, just, I love um, that I was
1: like oh he's not ready for Manhattan yet he needs to no. he needs to build up to that
3: yeah and so he gets so to good. use his physics skills again when he has to like yeah. oh the momentum I have to get higher and yeah yeah uh, cops so ready to just shoot Spider-Man point blank
0: yep, yep.
2: Gotta bring it. You have to bring in that like sort of anti-authoritarian, like it, because that's Spider-Man too, right? He's he is a vigilante. Yes, <laughs> right. He's like, yeah. There's no buddy buddy happening there.
3: <laughs> no, yeah. He's not Iron Man. He's not Captain America. Like he's not quite as proven yet. Right. Right. Uh, so he says, "Everybody, uh, the scary drug dealer dealer lady from Euphoria is the tour guide." Miss that?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, my wife pointed that out as well, and she was like, "That storyline went nowhere, <laughs> absolutely nowhere."
3: I, I mean, I, name a euphoria storyline that goes somewhere, you know?
1: I, I don't know. I didn't watch it. Um, oh, for sure, can't can't handle it. Not for me. Oh, oh Preeti, you muted again? <laughs> oh yeah, you're muted again, Preethi.
2: I swear, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> like, I do not know what's happening. My <laughs> <laughs> like, hand, i <like>, <laughs>
3: No, but what was your euphoria take?
2: Uh, is that I watched the first season and it was so bleak. I was like, I just feel bad about life. Yeah. Like I just feel bad. And so I can't watch this anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's
3: the tonal uh, antithesis to, to these movies. Yes,
2: it is. It is the opposite of this.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so they save the day or, you know, Peter saves the, 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 the group. Uh, they win the decathlon with no help from Peter and, he he was missing. Yeah, the
2: Dodc. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he gets back to New York. Oh, and we get uh, the appearance of Principal Marita,
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, which is another fun um, kind of bit of MCU world building.
1: Yeah, absolutely. With the with the picture of of the same actor playing his own grandfather, that's yeah. that's really good. Um, <laughs> I love that. Uh, I I will say I had qu- I have a lot more. Like it's a funny joke. But I have a lot of questions about kill mode, instant kill mode. <laughs> because <laughs> sure. Why is why is that in that suit? Like wh-
2: Because it's Tony Stark. That's insane. Because Tony Stark made it and Tony Stark put 8 billion things in that suit. Because he doesn't know how to edit himself, but that means, and we know this. But that means he has an
1: instant kill mode in all of his suits, too. And I'm Correct. Like, why are, are you,
2: you surprised? But he's, like, a,
1: a, he's an arms dealer. He never used he's it against Thanos. Where was instant kill mode then?
2: <laughs> well, by then, he knew it was the wrong thing to do, oh, obviously. Boy. Uh,
3: somebody Peter... get A no prize. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> like well i mean since we're not covering infinity war i it it always rubs it always rubbed me a little weird when peter does use instant kill mode to just like obliterate some like cg aliens but yeah it's like i don't know
2: it is weird
1: it is no i agree it's weird yeah but that's (laughs) that's uh that's 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 a very it feels like a very russo brothers thing of just like they introduced uh insta kill mode in that which means we're allowed to use it so we're just going to use it <laughs> cuz that's know, what everybody wants was, right is to see insta kill joke. mode
0: oh.
3: <laughs> it's yeah like the way what the Russos do how they undo peter kind of sound like soft undo peter's uh, epiphany in this movie yeah um guardians 3 kind of really highlighted how weird the guardians are in infinity war
0: yeah
2: i can't even talk about how wrong it is. Like, I can't, like... (laughs) Nope.
3: So, oh, man, little minor detail, but, like, (gasps) Peter gets detention. I love his big old chunky hall pass. That felt really true to life.
2: (laughs) It's so good. There's so many points. I mean, even, like, MJ sitting in detention and doing the, like, illustration of him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sad. It's so many good little beats. And, like, I mean... The casting of Laura Harrier and Tom Holland is – and Zendaya, of course, with Tom Holland being able to be the little guy that he is and mm-hmm. still be this hero is so wonderful to see on screen. And not putting in him in, like, lifts or, like, having him stand on a box yep. or something.
1: I I, I, I love the Tom's Peters, uh, Tom Peters – Tom Peters type are like tall amazon women like just yeah it's he's great. like
3: i like to look up at my crushes <laughs> <It's> So <good. laughs> no. yeah but you're right because like you know i mean like literally the lifts and stuff that was like there's these you know humiliating pictures of robert downey jr wearing these like pumps because like god forbid he'd be shorter than gwyneth paltrow and right. like this peter kind of gets to weave out of that and just like yeah be comfortable and like no, I'm, I'm five whatever it's it's fine
2: Shouldn't he be able to be himself? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh were we using Short King in 2017? I don't think so. Not yet.
2: I don't know. I like Pocket Prince. Pocket <laughs> Prince. There we go. And
3: uh he, has a, I really... he hasn't
1: graduated to Short King
3: yet. He's still a Pocket, <laughs> prince. <laughs> he's pocket prince. He's a
2: Pocket Prince.
3: Uh Peter intervenes so uh, he, he he finds Uncle Aaron. He uh gets the 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 the, the Staten Island Ferry information and he Goes and we meet Michael Mando playing the Scorpion. Uh, can't wait to see him again, right? I uh, that's the thing is I I want him in the next one. Like like
2: yeah
1: yeah. Let's bring they have o- to
2: use him. Yeah,
1: like, let's bring all these guys back and 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 do do all like you know pay off the promise of keeping Vulture alive by having him come back and not in a Morbius movie.
3: No, he's in Morbius verse Now he's gone. No, no. <laughs> Morbius doesn't exist. I don't I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And this was, I think, before Breaking Bad really took off. So, like, Mando, his star Better call power. Saul. Better Call Saul. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right.
3: As Nacho. He, yes. I think only, like, the first
1: season had aired or something like that at this uh,
3: point. He, he gets wrecked. I didn't miss that before. That car plants him in the face.
2: Uh, yeah. Fun fact, though. Like, I love watching this movie in New York because everyone's like, you don't have cars on the Staten Island Ferry. <laughs>
3: it's great. <laughs> you're
2: like, you're right. But that's okay. <laughs>
3: It's a it's a fun yeah. little game New Yorkers get to play with every movie, you know. Yeah,
2: it's true. I feel like every time they
1: show the Staten Island Ferry in a movie, though, there's always cars. There's like always cars on it.
2: <laughs> They're um, in Canada. <laughs> yeah, I
3: know. Uh, Scott, this is our uh, our third franchisography movie to feature the Staten Island Ferry. I know. yeah had Trainwreck and The King of Staten Island.
1: Yep wow and now this and yeah. i think and is now that, this is that the is that the fairy in war of the worlds too because i just recently watched that and that was that was in that too mm. Gosh, the, the fairy in war of the worlds i think that might have been the staten island fairy as well i'm not sure though
3: and uh this is another example of peter completely messing things up more than fixing them where he like webs the weapon but, and it, yeah
2: uh, not his fault for sure not his fault. Like, he was working off the information he had and the understanding he had that if he didn't do something, yep. no one was going to do something. Right. So, and he, it's not like he didn't try to get the people involved. And so he did it. And this is the other moment, the New Yorker moment, though, is like when he's like, he they think he does it. And that guy's like, yeah, Spider-Man. And then immediately, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's uh, like, flip that switch so fast.
3: Uh, <laughs> and then yeah. Iron Man. Oh, we do you get a cool, you know, uh, to, this was... Uh,
2: it's a great shot. Yeah,
3: him trying to struggle and to hold the fairy together. Oh, yeah. Um, Iron Man comes. A little super, super, super minor nitpick. Uh, I, I The weird little Iron Man theme they use in this, I'm not a fan of. Just like, hmm. I don't know. Use the Iron Man 3 theme. It's fun.
1: Yeah. I don't remember. I can't picture it. In I my can't mind. think of it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah weird i remember they really marketed the heck out of iron man being in this mm-hmm. yes prior to the release there's well
2: that's because the marvel like Marvel's cell of spider-man being a part of the mcu and wanting to keep spider-man in the mcu is like look we can have him interact with other marvel heroes and also we don't want to make a spider-man movie that doesn't have other marvel heroes in it right oh
3: for sure i mean like going back to Amazing Spider-Man Two. The marketing campaign for that was just like, here he is, he's on a poster again, and a lot of moviegoers were like, "What's why? Why did what's different about this one? Like, there's been so many of these already." Yeah, but Spider-Man, Iron Man, are like, "Whoa, hey, that's yeah, <laughs> it's true, I it's different. I haven't seen that yeah. before." Uh so Peter and Tony reconvene on like a radio tower or something. Um, he lashes out at his dad you know he kind of snaps a little bit and
2: his dad lashes out in a very inappropriate manner
3: yeah well yeah let's break it down so he's like he's like hey man you screwed up i i I called the fbi i didn't tell you about it though and like yeah
1: yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) i'm just making incredulous faces like i'm so it makes me so upset
1: yeah um, I, I'm sorry, but like, maybe you can keep that information away from a normal teenager, but uh, a teenager who's a superhero, like he's going to go take care of business. Just like, tell
2: him, yeah, just tell just him that tell him we're handling it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll answer his I'll, phone call. Yeah.
1: All you have to do is say, okay, great. I will handle it. Uh, you don't need to worry about it. I will take care of it. Um, we're going to let
2: the FBI, yeah, you know,
1: go on your field trip, go to the homecoming dance, be a kid, stop, stop doing this
2: even though i I gave you a super suit with instant
3: kill
1: mode
2: even though i told you to be a superhero but
1: that's the thing is like he told him to be a well okay so in in tony's defense his thought (laughs) process was like he's gonna like help bicycle thieves or like you know he's gonna stop bicycle thieves and if he finds out any of this information about like bigger threats he will share that information with me and i will
0: Mm -hmm. he did
1: but happy fucked it up like happy got like won't listen to him and won't
2: you know give because happy has been told by his employer yeah that he doesn't need to share information that's not important right that is a bad employer well i don't blame happy either
1: well i yeah but he also told him about the churro that he ate so there's a lot of unimportant (laughs) information and
2: i bet that that's when tony was like i don't need to know everything Yeah, right (laughs) yeah
3: uh, and yeah, it goes back oh. to what we were saying of like, you know, Tony uses Pappy as a buffer between him and Peter because right. he's like, yes. not comfortable getting those churro text himself. Right. 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 Right.
2: Um, and then it ends up here where Tony gets to be like super furious mm-hmm. and not deal with it. And then instead just like grounds the kid essentially yeah. without actually talking through what went wrong because tony is so worried about him getting hurt
3: right yeah because it goes back to i guess like you know this is a post you know roadie just got seriously injured mm-hmm. right um he says uh, if you're nothing without the suit then you don't deserve it is that the wording
1: but yeah.
2: then you shouldn't like then you shouldn't that, yeah. have it then you shouldn't then you shouldn't have it right
1: which is a really great like thematic call back to iron man 3 it's like he's and like and the the expression on his face when he gets to say it is like,
3: "Oh, I know this one." <laughs> like <laughs> I learned this. <laughs> I mean, the Russo's made me unlearn it in the next movie, but yeah, like I learned this. Yeah, I did learn this. Yeah. So, uh we get a fun montage of, you know, Tony had a point. Peter gets to sort of be a kid for a few scenes. He uh he tries. He tries. He asks Liz out to homecoming. She says, "Yes, of course," because you know, she could see the... Uh, yeah, he's like, oh, I think he has abs. I could tell he has abs. <laughs> and he's cute. He's cute. He's a cute little guy. Yeah. Um, Man, I'm, I'm really... I really, really love the little montage of him and May getting ready for Homecoming.
2: It's so cute. It's so cute paired also with, like, when he comes back from that argument with Tony. And May is the first person he talks to, which is so wonderful. Because Tom Holland, I mean... Bless him. He's like so good at looking heartbroken. Mm -hmm. Like his face wrecks me in that moment with just like trying so hard not to cry, but he's like still a kid and he still can't help but feel all these things, and he can't talk to his aunt about it, but she can still pick up on like this child being hurt and speaks to him accordingly. Yeah, so good. Yeah, and it kind of
3: it shows like yeah, he's just a little guy and like he. He needs he needs emotional support in that moment. Yeah. And like Tony can't really be that for him. But May May really gets to like you really see their their relationship in that in that scene. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: Because he he, he, doesn't even need to know everything. She's just like, oh, Peter really needs he's going through something right now. I'm going to just go take a shower, dude. It's
2: like, I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, he learns how to do a Windsor knot. uh, It's cute. How to dance. (laughs) And yeah, it's it's great. I just know knowing how 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 through the ringer this guy goes for the next couple of movies. It's just really fun getting this like really quiet, low stakes adventure. Yeah. Yes. This time around. Um and then And
2: then the scene. The
3: scene <laughs> that we talked Ugh. about. It's great. Uh, Keaton plays it so well of like Yes. It's just like, oh, because you you buy him as a real person prior to that. Yeah. You know, him yep. making the revelation. Yep. Of yep. like ah, you know, don't yeah, you know, take my daughter to homecoming kid, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you mm-hmm. want you want a scotch or a bourbon? I'm not young old enough to drink. Right answer. Like
2: good answer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: the total dad joke of when when Liz's mom is like, You got his name, right? And he goes, uh yeah, Freddie, right? Like Peter. Oh, that's right, Peter. <laughs> Man. Oh. Uh...
1: Yeah,
2: you know, it's so good, and the tension building of the of that car ride leading to that wonderful like stoplight moment, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite things in any Marvel movie ever.
1: Yeah, yeah. Ugh. I I also this is like a weird lighting thing, but I I also just really like how underlit their house is because it's realistic. It's how yeah. most people yes. light their houses, right? But yes. it makes it feel so sinister. Yes, I- inside of the movie that is otherwise like pretty well lit, like the rest of the movie like you just it's like he's entering this like sinister
3: nest of super villains
1: yeah,
2: yeah. oh it's so good, it's good. and you
3: know and, and credit to the whole family you know uh, michael keaton laura harrier uh unfortunately don't have the actor's name who plays the mom at me but like you you really get this the sense of them being a family unit and arguably like they're only mm-hmm. seen as one yes
1: yeah
3: um That's good i love i love mj giving peter the middle finger
2: <laughs> yes. I mean we didn't touch on it a lot but Zendaya is so good in every scene that she's in. Yeah. Like when she's just sitting at the table with them and she's like I don't have any friends either. Or <laughs> like at the party and they're like why are you here? And she's like am I? <laughs> and then takes a bite of toast. toast. <laughs> yes. It's so good. Like every scene she's in she's so perfect.
1: I like to draw people in <laughs> crisis. This is you.
0: Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> so good,
2: and they do such a good job of having her be like near Peter when all of these like conversations are happening too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that scene when she he's like telling Ned about Cap. She's like, I touch a shield. She's behind him reading like of human bondage or something. <laughs>
3: yeah, like she's such an. Un- I mean, you know, it's, a, it's it's weird to call Zendaya underrated, but like she is celebrated so much for her like movie star qualities, and you know. Her 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 looks and her 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 voice and that, but like she's so good at like physically embodying a character. Yes. Like yes. She like she's such like a little burnout in this, and yeah. yes, she isn't asked to be like pretty or the love interest at all in this movie, and yeah. it's
1: like
2: mm-hmm. she just gets to be a weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome.
1: Michelle's uh, <laughs> like Michelle's evolution as a character over the trilogy is really interesting. Um, Of mm-hmm. just like seeing how how she's just this little goblin in this first movie,
2: but she's the <laughs> the thing is that the the seeds of the goblin are there throughout, yeah. not the goblin, <laughs> sure. but of Michelle as a goblin right. are there throughout, right? Yeah. Because she's like she's a total weirdo and far from home, yeah. but now she's a weirdo who has to deal with the fact she has feelings for this boy, right, <laughs> right, and like doesn't know how to deal with those feelings, yeah.
3: <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's great. Um like t- time time recording, <laughs> we haven't seen Dune 2 yet, but even like those moments that we get in Dune 1, we're like, "Oh, Chani is like a character." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's like this gruff like warrior person. Yeah. Um so yeah, MJ's great. Peter immediately has to just dump Liz at the homecoming. Oh, it breaks your heart.
2: It's brutal. Yeah. But it's it's, it's, so it's the rough. most Spider-Man
1: moment like just throughout this. It's like every time he could have he a win, close. something comes up that like he has to that's turn it, it into an L. And that's mm-hmm. like that's like the most Spider-Man that's... stuff ever.
2: Yep. Just Joe like Parker him Luck. being
1: like, you deserve so much better than this, and then like leaving. It's <laughs> <is> so good. <laughs> oh,
2: it's so brutal. It's brutal,
1: but it's good. It's good, Spider-Man.
2: hmm
3: And they don't, like, it's so cool that they, it's quintessential Spider-Man that he doesn't get to fix it at the end.
2: No. Right that's perfect Mm -hmm. it's perfect spider-man that's that's what and he keeps going despite it yep
3: so uh you know ditches liz goes to find pete or goes to oh oh, well it has that run-in with uh shocker two right uh where ned intervenes yeah and
2: gets guy in the chair guy in the chair
3: with that really weird i've never liked the the joke of him
1: covering for for it by saying like i'm looking at porn i don't
2: know it makes me laugh because it is perfect net in the terms of he's like trying so you can see it on Jacob Babylon's face of struggling to be like, what can I say that will get me out of this situation in a way that won't affect Peter at all? Yeah. Like, what do I say? And just panicking and just the li- like the, <laughs> like he didn't want to say it. It's not what he should have said, yeah. but it's, He like started the word without knowing where it was going to end. And that's what happened. Like that's how that scene plays to me of like the comedy is not in the word he says, but in the delivery and the realization of like, that's not what I should have said or (laughs) how I should have said it. But I didn't know what I was going to say when I started talking. (laughs) Uh,
3: I miss the lady from Orange is the New Black as the science teacher. I wish. she back. But uh, we get J.B. Smoove next movie. So that's kind of a trade off, I guess. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's weird. I forgot he's not in this one.
1: So did I. (laughs) Well, no, I remember because I remember everyone thought he was playing J. Jonah Jameson in Far From Home.
0: Uh, When when
1: he was cast, it was a big deal because they were like, oh, my God, J.B. Smoove is playing J. Jonah Jameson. And it's like, no, no. he's just another teacher. And everyone was super disappointed. Um,
2: Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah.
3: Until the stinger for Far Away Home or Far From Home. Right.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. so uh, uh I yeah he's in this
3: movie but it's not jb's move <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i love the little detail of when he steals flash's car and he's like i've never driven a car so before. good yeah
2: <laughs> it's so good he doesn't
3: even know how to turn the headlights on
2: well because spider-man not having a license is one of my favorite running jokes in the comics until obviously he gets his license but like for a long time he didn't have a driver's license and right. did not know how to drive a car
1: right I I love when he misses that turn and he web slings the car into the turn. It's so good. It's just horrible. Just horrible. (laughs) Where you're like, I know Flash is a jerk,
3: but I don't know if he deserved this.
2: It's so good because it's like, of course, that car's not going to come out of this looking good at all. Yes,
3: Yeah. He gets to see it. He gets to see Peter drive it into those bikes. And he's like, yes. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, oh uh, the Branzini joke is really good, too. He's like, look, look, babe, I know I know what Branzini's supposed to look like. And it's not. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: he's so good.
0: Uh, <laughs> I also just
1: I love that, like, rather than. This that situation where Spider-Man, like, commandeered his car and drove it into a bunch of bikes and absolutely wrecked it, um, rather than that, turning in, turning him against Spider-Man, it makes him like I'm. I'm I'm like Spider-Man's partner. I'm like his yes. best friend. Like I helped <laughs> yes. him like save uh, Queens and stop the Vulture. <laughs> like I love that. That's his reaction to it. I think it's yes. so fun.
2: It's great. Yeah.
3: <laughs> he uh, he finds Vulture. Vulture does the thing. He gives the, the the villain speech of like, "Hey man, come on! Like you're really think about it, dude. Who are you protecting right now? You're right. defending Tony Stark, the arms dealer. Right." Mm-hmm. And but
2: he's not. He's defending everybody.
3: Yeah, yeah. He's like, look, those weapons cannot get out. Right. It would be bad.
1: Because he's like, because he compares. He's like, what do you think Tony's doing? Like, how do you think he made all that money? He sold weapons. To, to you know war and to you know to other countries and things like which, in his defense he didn't do that that was uh, uh Obadiah. Al- but but even still, he <laughs> did make weapons and he did sell them to he the u s government and the whole thing but that's a that's different than selling them to criminals who are going to hurt people to steal money um i mean it is. It is because one has like faces. There's, there's like, there's like people that he knows down the street getting hurt from this. And I guess you could argue. Uh, I think oh,
2: for. Sorry. No. Go ahead. I was going to say
3: you could argue that like Tony's whole thing is like making up for those right. redemption right. for that. Yeah.
2: That I think is arguable. I think the the line between the two of them is actually as blurred as Adrian makes it out to be. But I think the difference is Tony. Real when Tony realized it was happening, it was. A fundamental shift in his character had to happen, right? Yeah. And for, but in this moment for Peter, it's not about Tony. Right. Like it's, Adrian thinks it's about Tony, but it's not about Tony. It's about the harm that Adrian is perpetuating in Peter's home. Mm -hmm. And so, but I think it's, it's like, he doesn't call Tony. He doesn't like, he's like, try to get happy on the phone if you can. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Otherwise I'm going to handle it.
3: right yeah Yeah. and again happy doesn't take ned seriously when he tries to call Mm -hmm. when he tries to call him um did we ever find out who bought stark tower i remember that was like a like a a twist that we were oh is it norman osborne or something something?" we never found out it was uh amazon let's say it was amazon (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) yeah no we never found out they never they never said it um it's a big it's a big question mark and something that is brought up all the time um Everyone assumes it's going to be the Baxter building, but we don't know.
2: Yeah.
3: Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, Vulture tricks Peter and does the cool, uh, cutting all the the, the columns off, mm-hmm. and it crushes him. And uh, we get the first major Tom Holland Spider-Man moment, you know, in my opinion. Oh,
2: it's so good. <laughs> yeah,
3: where he sees the tattered mask, and he's like, you know, come on. Because in that moment... We kind of see something we haven't seen yet in these movies, which is, like, Spider-Man also means something to Peter, right? Yes. Like, he's not – it's cool because, like, you know, he's still a young man. Like like I was saying earlier, like, we're – this whole trilogy is him coming into his own as, like, an adult, I guess. So he's not – he's not enough – Peter isn't enough for Peter yet. He still needs this symbol and this mask to give him the strength to – Lift the rubble, but you know it, it's Peter lifting the rubble, not not Spider Man.
2: Yeah, I mean it's arguably both, sure, right? Sure. That's sort of like it's the Lee Ditko, the the whatever the issue yeah. number is that I can't remember, but of of him pep talking himself to me. It's about the isolation of Spider Man. Mm. This moment is like what's true of Spider Man is that as many times as he teams up, as many times as he does these things, Spider Man is an isolated hero. Mm-hmm. And that is what the scene is, is that he has to give himself his own pep talk to get himself out of it.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. because it's it's about what Tony said to him of like, if you're if you're nothing without the suit, you don't deserve it. And so it's about him being like, okay. I don't have the suit, but I still got to be Spider-Man. Like, come on, Spider-Man. Like, let's, we got to do this, um, with, without the suit, like we have to do it. Um, and I, I love it. It's, it's a great moment. It's a great moment.
2: It it really is.
3: And you know, and and Preeti, you said this at the very beginning of the episode, which is like Spider-Man in particular, more than Batman or Superman or the Punisher or Daredevil. Like he means something to the weirdos. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes.
3: And like, being a weird being any kind of adult i mean you know we i see all these stories in the news about how like we're more depressed than ever we're more isolated than ever and the idea of a mm-hmm. of a character being able to pull strength from himself
2: yes is
3: is really powerful yeah um yep so he does it spider-man's the best spider-man is the best <laughs> <laughs> um, and i i love i love that he gets this he, i love that this whole finale is he's wearing the homecoming suit Yes, like it's cool. Isn't that what it's called in the video game when you can wear it? What's it called? When or like his? You know, like the the, the costume. I think, I
2: think it's thing? just homemade. It's not Homemade suit because the home co- they call it. They call the homecoming suit the
1: the Stark. Well, they call it the Stark suit.
2: The Stark suit.
1: Yeah, that's. Yeah,
2: this is the homemade or the home something suit. Yeah. though.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's a great yeah. look. Yeah. Um, I'm not. It's fine. You know the the whole the plane chase i guess like you know to be somewhat critical of the movie is like the the set pieces and the action and stuff it it, it it's it's like perfectly serviceable mcu action mm. um i i think yeah there's some fun bits like when he goes through the engine turbine like that's really fun
2: it's so scary yeah for sure <laughs>
3: it's
2: like sheer panic
1: <laughs> <laughs> i i also just like that you know he was we already saw earlier that he was afraid of heights at the washington monument mm-hmm. and now he's like i i have no choice but to go like higher than i've ever been and yeah. if i fall from
3: here like there's nothing to grab onto you
1: know no
2: i'm i'm going to die yeah, yeah.
3: and to its credit it's, it's it's something we hadn't seen yet in a spider-man movie right yeah
2: I mean, it's that's there is like a genius in this movie of not giving us Manhattan set pieces right. because it puts them in the position of having to find ways to let him be super Spider-Man-y without the most Spider-Man setting. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think having him on this plane gave a lot of opportunity for that um, in really daring ways. Yeah. yeah. And,
3: and uh, not to again, not to skip ahead, but it, it makes that when he does get to Manhattan at the end of Far From Home...
2: So good. Yeah, you're
3: like, oh wow, I didn't even realize this hadn't happened yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it
1: adds like an extra, you know, it's so funny. We were talking about in in the when we were covering the Rainy stuff, we were talking about how like every movie ends with like Spider-Man web slinging and like doing a thing, and then it's yeah. like credits, right? He swings toward the camera and credits, except for the third one, which has that weird, awkward beat that it ends on. Um and then and and Nick pointed out, he was like, Do they all end like this except for the third one? And it's so interesting now in the homecoming uh, trilogy, it doesn't end on a beat like that until the third one, when he like yeah. becomes Spider-Man. When he like,
2: becomes Spider-Man. Yeah,
1: it's Ugh, really good. So good. It's yeah. so good. <clears throat>
3: um, something else I really appreciated this time is, you know, the plane crashes and Vulture tries to fly away with a little bit of scrap of tech that he can. And mm-hmm. Peter tries like, no, it's going to blow up. And then it does blow up. And, a criticism that a lot of the Raimi movies had early on was like every movie ended with the villain getting killed. Yeah. Right. And you know comic movies were different back then. It, it wasn't a universe. It was like we're getting one of these right. every 3 years, but Peter gets to save Adrian. Yeah. Yeah. It,
1: it's nice. Yeah. No, it's a big deal. It's a big it's a big deal cuz that's not even the regular thing to do in the MCU at this point. Um, yeah. you know, like Loki aside. I feel like most of the other villains were like getting getting iced or at least, you know, we've we've yet to see them again, you know, that kind of thing.
2: Well, it's nice, too, because what it allows is a very Spider-Man thing of like he won the battle, but he lost the girl. Right. Mm-hmm. Like. Liz will never know what Peter did. Right. In as like a participant in her family and like what happened and he'll feel like guilt and like both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yeah. I also it's love so I love the complexity of of when when Tombs realizes that Peter is Spider Man he also he, realizes yes. that he saved his daughter's life yes and he's like that's yes. amazing and then like but also he saved Liz's dad's life and she's mm-hmm. never going to know that
2: she's never gonna know yeah I love that and so we see
3: good. the and I guess that I movie mean, kind of gets paid off in the the stinger where. Uh Matt Matt Gargan, who I think I called Max Dugan last week.
0: <laughs> that's funny.
3: Uh quarterback for the LA Chargers. Uh but like, you know, he's like, hey man, we're gonna kill Spider Man. I heard you knew who Spider Man is. And you know, Adrian's like, I don't know. I don't know who he is. Yeah. And you're like, okay, respect. It's good. It's good. Cause
2: he's, that's why I kept coming back to like to me. That's why he was always he was a blue collar. He did have his like strong ideals Mm -hmm. and he was just corrupted by power and by all of these things Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day he's like well this could save my daughter's life and he saved my life and I'm not gonna I don't turn my back on
1: that right yeah yeah and now if he ever came back theoretically he doesn't know who Peter is anymore unless I
2: don't think so (laughs) unless because
1: he was in the Morbius universe at the time he didn't get his (laughs) his memory of Peter erased
2: (laughs) the other question is if Scarlet Witch was in her no magic zone at that time. Right? Does she still know who Peter Parker is? I don't know.
3: Mm. Did she? Did they? Huh? Can we assume that, like after Endgame, they all just had like a like a party where they all just kind of hung out and talked for a while? Like,
2: well, Peter was introducing himself to every single person on that battlefield, being like, "Hi, I'm Peter, Peter Parker." That's right.
3: Amazing. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah. but yeah, so, you know, descending action, the, you know, Liz moves to Oregon, hope, 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 hope for the best. Um, we get the MJ reveal, which I remember being really like kind of like, oh, cool.
1: Yeah. She's- I remember that mostly getting like a, like a, like a, uh, uh,
2: oh no. kind
1: of like <laughs> reaction. <was> fine. Yeah.
2: <laughs> fine. I was like, I think I was like, do what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Whatever you keep Zendaya, <laughs> whatever in these you movies. want, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> and um, the ending to this is the is the ending the the Aunt May discovery or yes. is that one of the
1: okay? That's
2: the yeah. Well, it's like first it's the Tony offering oh, the Avenger right. spot yeah, to Peter, right? Yeah. Um, the reveal of is, the Infinity
1: War suit,
2: yeah. Yeah, and that Tony had no real plan all along and accidentally stumbled into Peter learning a good lesson on his own.
3: <laughs> yeah, great. A-, a plus parenting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a couple of one other thing. Um, Happy and Tony's friendship. There's like this kind of sad part where they're in the bathroom, and yes. Happy's like, "Oh, oh, Pete, you really saved my ass, you know? Like, oh, if, if you know, I would have gotten fired, and you know, kind of like it is. Tony is that doesn't sound like a healthy friendship, a hundred percent.
2: No, it's no. not a healthy friendship. There's nothing healthy about that friendship, <laughs> no. as evident throughout the entire movie.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, I don't even... It's not even like a real friendship. It's... Like, the power dynamic is way too off yeah. to be a real friendship. I yeah. would say that he... Like, Tony and Rhodey have a real friendship, but yes. not, not happy. He's just yeah. got a friendly relationship with his employer.
3: Why do you call him sir?
1: Yes. Right. <laughs>
3: right. Um, and then famously, this is the movie that Gwyneth Paltrow has no memory of, of shooting at all.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah. Which, look... In the context of what's going on, I don't blame her. I mean.
2: Yeah, she's in it for four seconds. And all they're
1: doing is talking about the
3: Avengers. Like, how would she know that that's a Spider-Man
1: <laughs> like, movie?
2: Like, what, what movie am I in? Yeah. Um, uh,
3: it is interesting, though, because, you know, uh, Infinity War starts and they are engaged, I believe. Right. But they're, they're talking about they're making plans for their, their wedding.
0: Right. Yes.
1: Yep. So that he does propose because he throws the ring to him. At the, mm-hmm. at the last minute as he's, like, going through the door. But, yeah, like, especially, like, yeah, of course she doesn't remember because they shot this and then immediately roll into Infinity War because that's out the next year, like,
3: nine months later.
2: Infinity yeah. War is
1: out.
3: So, yeah. I've been keeping this ring loose in my pocket since 2008. Yeah.
2: <laughs> great. I know. I was like, <laughs> not even a ring box, happy?
3: <laughs> well, it's kind of bulky, you know. Yikes. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, thus... Oh and then uh yeah we get the 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 soft the tech kind of the first F word in the MCU.
1: Oh right.
2: Oh. I was like what? Yeah, right. The f- yeah. What the f- Yeah.
3: yeah. Terrific.
1: Oh,
2: it's so good. The music is so good. Everything about it. Mm-hmm. It's such a good movie.
3: <laughs> it is. It might be one of my favorite in uh, M- MCU movies. Yeah.
2: Yes. It's so watchable. It is. It's like and and like rewatchable. Like it's just on.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. My, my, and, it, and it doesn't have a lot of baggage, you know, like, yeah, the yes. Civil War baggage is there, but y- you kind of take care of it at the beginning with the with the found footage, like vlogging thing. Um, yeah, and you
2: be, it's like it's like when you're reading like uh, your comic run that's in the middle of an event. Right. Right. And you just have, like, the editor note that's like, this is what happened. And you're like, cool. I don't – that's fine. And now I can continue reading my thing. Yeah.
1: Far From Home has a lot of baggage. Um, And then No Way Home uh, doesn't get to have as much fun as this movie has. It has its own fun, obviously, but not not this kind of fun because he's dealing with other things. (laughs) He's dealing with –
2: This is a movie you can only make. This is an introductory movie for a character. Yep. That you can only make one time, right? Yeah, it kind of, and that's okay. It kind
3: of reminds me of the first Thor movie in that regard. Yeah, where it is just kind of this fun little like slice of life adventure. You get a little bit of drama, but it's it's kind of mostly a comedy.
1: Yeah, also reminds me of Ant Man, the first Ant Man. Mm. Um, Yeah,
3: so yeah, I mean, yeah, far from far from No Way Home is almost kind of like Peter's Half Blood Prince, you know, where it's like (laughs) sure.
2: sure 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 thank
3: you you're both very kind
2: <laughs> I'm, laughing at, I'm only laughing at scott's reaction because <laughs> that was so funny <laughs> uh, uh
3: yeah th- uh so Preethi, thanks so much for being on the show uh very excited time of recording uh, uh of you the the second spider-man book will be coming out in september right
2: Yes, Spider-Man's Bad Connection comes out September 5th.
1: So what is the what is the uh uh the thesis for these books?
2: Um so it is I mean it's hard. <laughs> That's a good question cuz you know what I haven't done. Is <laughs> 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 <It's> written that. <laughs> um it's basically it's it's Spider-Man back in high school. He's not comics Peter Parker. This is like current era. Um it's sort of like, an, it, it's doing that comic things. Like, he and Mary Jane are in high school together. Mm-hmm. They're uh, friends with, like, Brandy Robertson. They're, like, new characters. But basically, in the first book, he's dealing with Sandman and this bigger threat. In the second book, he's dealing with the spot. And the bigger threat is still growing, perhaps. Um, and so it's just this... What I wanted to do was write a Spider-Man who's sort of in between... Finding out he's the hero and becoming the hero. Mm. So much like like Homecoming Spider-Man, he's like kind of bad at it. And he's really just trying to figure out how to be Mm Spider-Man and make mistakes. And like I said, because that's my favorite thing about Spider-Man is that he screws up all the time, but he still keeps trying to be the superhero that he's supposed to be. And so that's kind of what these books are for me. I will say having the spot be in the second book. When I chose the spot, I was like, nobody writes about the spot. Yeah, I'm going to use the spot. Is that cool? This was like three years ago or two and a half years ago or something. And they're like, yeah, totally. And then the, like Into the Spider-Verse 2 stuff dropped. And I was like, what? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Perfectly timed. You just can't help. Right. You can't help but piercing the zeitgeist, Preethi. Yeah.
2: I legit, I was like, no, I love the spot because my favorite... Favorite fight panels are where Peter's punching the spot and punching himself in the face. Yeah. Like I, it makes me laugh so hard <laughs> and also cringe so hard because it must hurt so badly. Yeah, and I was like, I want to do that. I want to do that in the book. <laughs> <laughs>
3: awesome.
2: Um,
1: I, I do have, I have, I have a follow-up question just because I'm curious. Um, and yeah. it is, it is a, I don't want to say odd, but it's a very different thing about your books. Uh huh. What's the deal with the present tense writing?
2: (laughs) Can I tell you that we went back and forth? I was actually writing another book at the same time that was in past tense. Yeah. And it was so hard to go back and forth. And present tense, my editor, we had a long conversation about it. And the present tense allowed for the multiple perspectives to feel better.
0: Mm. Because
2: the multiple perspectives in past tense felt off. It felt like why do people know this? How do they know this after the fact, but everything's happening at the same time? Yeah. Because the books have Peter POV, Mary Jane POV, and bad guy POV, and everything is kind of happening simultaneously. Present tense felt like a better read with that being the case. Yeah.
1: I I mean, I read a lot of screenplays and those are all written in present tense. So like, this was like second nature to me, but I was like, but it was like halfway through the book. I was like, Oh, this is oh, it's we- pre- this is present tense. <laughs> this is weird. Like I, I don't know yeah. that I've ever read a book like this before. Tons
2: oh. of kid lit is in present tense. Oh, Tons okay. of children's lit is in present tense. Um, because I also think it's probably an easier, easier to answer questions. Yeah. when a book is in present tense, when you're talking to kids. Um, but for me, it was very mainly about the like perspective thing. Yeah, and allowing for all those perspectives to coexist at the same time. Yeah
1: it's it's cool it's a it's the first the first one is a great book i can't really w- wait thank to read you. the second one
2: yeah <laughs> thanks yeah
3: Pre-order, pre-ordered my copy can't wait to give it a mm-hmm. read um
2: hey thank yep. you uh yeah <laughs> i'm like yes please buy this book <laughs> yeah and like uh <laughs> i still have to write the third one
3: <laughs> <laughs> best of luck can't wait uh, to hope uh, you have to help to have you back on the show again soon it's always a pleasure yeah
2: anytime
0: yeah
3: um, oh maybe uh, Deadpool, Deadpool versus Logan or whatever that, that ends up <laughs> Yeah,
2: that's true. Oh right. For the the, the next Deadpool movie. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's true.
1: Yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> anyway. Alright. Uh uh Preethi, anything else you want to plug uh before you before we, we head off?
2: Um just the you can buy my Spider Man books. Um I've got some comic stuff, and I guess you can just follow me on the internet everywhere basically at run with skizzers s-k-i-z-z-e-r-s
1: yeah all right great um thanks for listening everyone and uh we'll be back next week with um spider-man into the spider-verse uh crazy uh the greatest
3: comic book movie ever made question mark possibly yes.
1: yeah i i it would be hard to argue against that argument um Mm -hmm. so yeah lots to talk about next week Uh, I am so excited to revisit that movie Um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse Next week Uh, See you then, bye everybody